are listening to the Chomp Cast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp. And remember, you can always go to swordchomp.com or you can access the many places our podcast is available for download. But if you're listening to the show right now, that means you found us. So welcome to the madness that is the Chomp Cast. You can also find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash swordchomp. If you'd like to support us, donate to us, look for the VIP tier. We'll talk more about that later. But uh, redemption is the act of saving or being saved from sin, error, or evil, which is the exact opposite of what we're going for with our podcast. Um, We are really looking to thrust our listeners into a world of sin, error, and evils. And to help us do that this week... Guilty by association, my friend. And returning for his second appearance on the podcast will be our good friend, writer, Zachary Helms, that I'll be introducing here in a little bit. Um, So we can catch up with him on all things, including his time with Red Dead Redemption. Um, And for the topic of the show, our good friend Zach wanted to discuss with us the games that were the most influential or thought-provoking throughout our lives, or maybe more recently. We'll we'll see where that topic takes us. It should be a fun one. Um, But to make that, kind of spin that around for our audience... Uh, for the topic of the week, we asked our Instagram community, at Swordchomp on Instagram, that's you, what recent games do you believe will be the most influential in the industry moving forward? Um, so that's going to be a really, really fun topic of the show. Um, now, you know, we are bringing the polls down upon you with a great fury as we discuss all sorts of poll topics voted on for the Instagram community as well. Topics like Arthur Morgan as a character from Red Dead Redemption 2, BlizzCon, Diablo controversy, oh, that's going to be a good one, new Overwatch character revealed, and more. So it's going to be an action-packed show. Don't touch that dial. I've always wanted to say that, even though there's really no (laughs) dial involved of any kind. Um, But let's get to some intros here. Uh, He's been patiently waiting. Um, He's a video game and film review writer from North Texas. Be careful dancing in the dark, ladies, because you'll end up in his arms. Zachary Helms is here. How are you doing, Zachary? I'm doing great. Thank you for that illustrious intro. You're you're welcome. (laughs) Now, every time I see that uh, Joji music video, I I think of you. So thank you. Dude, it's so good. It's so good. I I really wanted tickets, but like whenever his tickets went on sale, it sold out in literally less than a minute. Good God. Yeah, I, I saw something saying that he was like the first, like, um, Asian. I don't want to get this wrong because it's gonna make me sound really ignorant, but he's like the first Asian or first Asian American to have the a, a Billboard 200 number one. Yeah, debut? like Did you on the R and B chart, he was number two, and overall, I think he was um, he was in the top ten. He may have hit number one by the I didn't see that. Um, but yeah, dude, he. I mean, because you know he's like Filthy Frank or whatever on YouTube, and um, he's kind of like a established like quote unquote meme lord, but like. His, uh, I don't know if you guys follow any of his music, but it's some no. super, super moody stuff. And uh, I think he, he just got signed. He just started a label with uh, Rich Brian doing like 88 Rising, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they do um, kind of hip hop R&B inspired stuff. And it's pretty cool. Yeah, so you can do a lot. This is your Joji Minute brought to you by uh, Zachary Helms. Yeah. <laughs> the I'm, cosmic... a, I'm, I'm a paid advertisement. That's right. Well, you, if you're part of the Instagram community, the Sword Chomp Instagram community, you probably know him as the Cosmic Pop-Tart. So if that sounds more familiar to our listeners, if you've talked to him or um, respond to a comment or something, that's who he is. But yeah, we're glad to have you here. Be um, one of our biggest uh, original Patreon, Patreon supporters. Um, and... Uh, 
It's always fun to talk. We haven't talked to you since last year. It's been a whole yeah. year. Yeah. Support the ones that you support, man. I uh, I saw that you guys had put up a Patreon, and I was like, they're going somewhere, you know. And I did a I did a I did a profile on you uh, on you guys, I, like a year and a half ago. And then yeah, like you said, I was on the podcast like a year ago, and so um i've gotten quite a few people i think i sh- i think you saw my buddy kevin is like super invested in in, uh, yeah. in the podcast now which is super cool so it's cool to see you guys grow <laughs> hook the friends up yeah i mean one of your your original interview and like meeting you when we were still very tiny was one of those a good moment for us to kind of be like okay there's people out there that really believe in what we're doing and that helps when you're tiny and you need to get mm-hmm. all the encouragement you can get right fish 100 you're tiny and you're- <laughs> You, need, yeah. Yeah. you just need a little more encouragement, you know, other, you know. Oh, yeah. It definitely helps. It yeah. helps going forward, you know. Mm-hmm. Build up that, that relationship. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> should be fun to talk to you. You got a brand new microphone as well. Look, looking professional over there. He's got a little pop filter. Looking like a little boy. <laughs> I don't even use a pop filter because I just want to get all the obnoxious, like, spit, just everything, blah, just right in there. Um, no, Josh said I don't need. I ha- I built a box. I don't know if you ever saw it, but I built this like, uh, wood jo- wooden box that's like soundproofed, and I just shove it in there. So mm. I, I guess the pop filter wouldn't. That's what Josh tells me. He tells me the pop filter wouldn't do much, so that's why well, I use it. It's because you sit way back from the mic. Like it's it's more oh, of yeah, a, it's more yeah, of a yeah, close yeah, mic yeah. sort of a necessity. I see saying, yeah, yeah. I'm loud too. I just mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, we're glad you're here, Zach. It's gonna be a fun show. Um, yeah, uh, but next up, uh, from Texas as well, ironically, two Texans here today, uh, the Filipino Johnny Depp, um, they say the average adult male is 60% water, but this average adult male is composed of 60% pina colada vape juice. <laughs> Anthony Fisher is here. How are you doing, Fish? Hey, hey, hey. Wow, you, uh, you didn't have something in store for me because I had to... I specifically brought up pina colada juice for some reason when you asked me what kind of juice I was bringing up, but um, well, I left I left that part of my notes blank so that I was going to ask you what you were vaping this week so I could just plug that in there, mm-hmm. uh, and then that pina colada joke evolved into the penis colada joke that we were going mm-hmm. on before the podcast. Oh, okay, so gotcha. it was a yeah. nice twist. Um, I'm glad I didn't uh, bring up some lame ass like blueberry flavor or something. Because mm. mm. that's not really where my heart is. Blueberry, heart is yeah. <laughs> Blueberry snuggle mm. buff berry or something, yeah. Yeah. It's, you more, don't in, have... it's more into the penis colada. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what, what, what is that? Like a nice, I mean, the colada is obvious, but the, the penis, is that like just a nice, um, what is that? What is that aroma? Is it sort of like sadness little, and despair? A little, little, little salty, you know? A little bit of little, sweat. A little yeah. sweat. Yeah, 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 okay, I gotcha. Yeah. A little so, fleshy type yeah. of the gym. It's like, yeah, it's, it's like got meaty. that sort of a cheesy, funky, smegma <laughs> sort of a scent to it. Cheesy, funky. You know, I've noticed yeah. funky often follows the, for, the uh, word cheesy. I don't mm. know what that is, but cheesy just flows right into funky really well. <laughs> Something about it. Um, well, we're glad you're here, Fish, and... Uh, you know, if you're Desert Island, you get one vape juice to take with you for the rest of your life. What are you taking? Penis colada. All right, penis colada is <laughs> the penis colada. All right, well, fair enough. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but glad you're here, Fish. And then uh, <laughs> we'll have some fun controversy to talk about later. You have an infamous uh, Instagram video now that has 
um, been quite the talk of the sword chunk community. Um, but last and surely not least, from Michigan, Joshua Fowler is here. Hold on to your jimmies, ladies and gentlemen, because they just might get rustled. That's right. We might have found a new nickname for you, Josh. The How do you feel Jimmy about Russell? that? Jimmy Russell? Jimmy Russell, yeah. yeah. We Josh were, I, Jimmy Russell Fowler. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not. So there's a weird inside thing here, uh, Zach, because... We were trying to find another nickname for Fish because I stole a Filipino Johnny Depp for our VIP Instagram page, right? And okay. that was Fish's legendary nickname. So yeah. somebody wrote in and they said, the Jimmy, what about Russell your Jimmies? Because Fish had said that on a podcast and we just thought it was like, a, like an old man phrase. Like Fish has like the strangest old man <laughs> phrases on lock. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, now where, what's the origin of, of something like that? That, well, that specific quote? Yeah. yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Um, mm-hmm. and we didn't even, I didn't even know what it meant, but it just kind of means to agitate or kind of get, you know, get under someone's skin yeah, a little bit. Like rustle your feathers kind of thing. Yeah. Rustle yeah. your jimmies. That's a, that's a rustle odd, your uh, substitute word. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? I'm, um, not, I'm not against it. I'm just making observations. But then <laughs> after, after the Red Dead show last week, I, there's some comments people left. And then Shay made an offhand joke about how Josh was rustling some jimmies. And I was like, well, maybe we were trying to add the nickname to the wrong host the whole time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. The Jimmy Rustler. Um, I don't know. How do you, how do you feel about the, the, the Jimmy Rustler, Josh? Are you, is that seem okay? Is it t- still got to sink in a little? Or I'm fine as long as we spell Russell like the name just to further oh. confuse people. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to Russell Wilson or Russell. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want any of the Russells out there to get really upset. Exactly. For all of them. Um, and I, of course, am General Mountain Time from Montana. And we have a lot to talk about today, which is why I'm glad we had a nice breezy intro. Um, because <laughs> we're like overflowing with, with topics and, and fun things to talk about. So uh, the topic of the show this week, uh, Zach brought to us from um basically the idea of i guess starting to get to know us a little more but well i'll let you introduce it i I like to let the host introduce their topics anyway so yeah i mean we always you guys always end up talking kind of going on these really interesting tangents about um you know obviously the games of the week and stuff like that um and i feel like as an audience member as much as i am like a, a guest or whatever it's interesting to hear like for example fish was talking about fish was talking about for all the authenticity of a game, um, those things don't impress him, like inherently. Um, and so I was, I was more interested in finding out what you guys like look for in games and examples of that that have been released already. You know, like what is kind of the um, jack of all trades game that you want to play? What kind of mechanics are being used in these kinds of games, and why that's more interesting to you than just a really realistic open world? Why don't you take it away, Fish? You, Mister. Uh, that's his song of the week. You remember that Shania Twain song? That don't impress me much. <laughs> he's he's gotten that anthem. about every third text message from us this yep. week. I can't stop it. Yeah. And my 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 wife was wondering why I remembered all the lyrics to a song I haven't heard in twenty years. <laughs> oh, nice. I don't have a good answer for that question. <laughs> it's a real popular song, actually. Um, in the in the clubs. Still waiting for that TikTok of you clubs. doing it, but. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, fish, you can take it away. I mean, like to answer, you know, Zach's question, as opposed to something like Red Dead, where you know, no matter how technically impressive it is, so to speak, 
It didn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't quite um, set fire to your loins. What are What are the things that you're looking for? Um, well, things that would set fire to my loins would be gameplay. Definitely gameplay. Um, like in Red Dead Redemption Two, like the the gameplay in that. It's fine. Like, there's plenty of different stuff you could do, like fishing, hunting, uh, riding on your horse, uh, getting in shootouts. But for the main thing about that game is like getting out into shootouts. And uh, for some reason, like, I have a bad time in shootouts. Like, last night I was playing the game. I get rolled up on by like a a wagon full of O'Driscolls and. Like, they all just start shooting at me, and I'm like, what the fuck? So I get off my horse. As soon as I get off my horse, I go into uh, dead-eye mode, kill two guys, and then the next second, I'm killed myself. And I'm like, huh, what the fuck is going on? Like, there's no cover or anything, and it was just, it was painful so what you're, to me. So what you're saying is that you suck at it. That's what you're trying yeah. to say. Okay, that's what that's I'm funny. saying, yeah. No, I'm just, do, you have the dead the eye, do you have the dead eye yet where it's like it allows you to paint them with specific body parts, or do you still have the beginning mm-hmm. dead eye where it's like... You do. No, you have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I could paint them. Yeah, wherever I want to shoot them, which is usually yeah. nut shots. But is that where you go for? I'm proud of straight, fish. <laughs> straight yeah. for the nuts. Unless there's a horse protecting yeah. those nuts, that's what you go for. That's. <laughs> Sometimes exactly. you go for the horse's nuts, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're well, fish. You can't miss those. Yeah. Only yeah. when it's hot. You know what I'm saying? This <laughs> <laughs> Well, those those balls on that horse is awfully low better make a shot for that <laughs> well josh was just telling us last week that it was too easy he could paint a crowd of a thousand uh evil cowboys and just take them down without breaking a sweat yeah i'm sorry for setting unrealistic expectations for you fish i i do apologize <laughs> for that thanks a lot fish now, it's easy now she'll I have seven game. or eight orgasms it's no big deal and like, josh, <laughs> it didn't happen like that at all i don't know what's going on <laughs> no but gameplay is very very important to me in video games like in recent years like games that have really like stood out to me and i would like to see what they do um other developers and what they do is like breath of the wild and like monster hunter in more recent year um those games both like hooked me in a gameplay sense in very different ways like monster hunter is very mechanics based and uh there, there's so many different things going on, but when it comes down to like actually fighting the monsters, like everything congeals together. You know, like you you set up at your camp, you eat a big meal to raise all your stats on what you want, it, what you're going for. Sounds like Red Dead. You, camp, you, you equ- eat some food. Uh, <laughs> no, not quite, Wagon. No. Uh, yeah, you, you eat a bowl of stew and you up <clears throat> your stamina. Wow. No, Whack. It, it, it's a little different in Monster Hunter. It, there's more stats, I would say. It's very mecha- more mechanics-driven. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes stats going oh, on. Oh, numbers. You want to see numbers. You want to see numbers going up. That's what it is. The, well, there's a lot of variety in those, those different things, and you can actually translate them uh, very well into your gameplay, and especially in Monster Hunter, where, like, it's different sets of armors that you can equip onto your character can also like drastically improve your health or how much damage you're doing um different abilities so um yeah monster hunter's gameplay hook really got got into me and um yeah yeah, that's something that i really 
found out, I guess, this year is, like, if there's a really good gameplay mechanic and, like, the gameplay actually translates really well or synergizes with that, you know? Like, a lot of times, like, stats will all be behind the scenes in video games, but you don't necessarily feel like you have a control over it. In Monster Hunter, like, feels like you have a control with all that different stuff to make a very customized and unique experience to you. So, did you mm-hmm. did you try Monster Hunter at all, Zach? Uh, you're talking about the new one that was on the latest consoles, right? Uh, yeah. It, it yeah, could be any of them, but yeah, more specifically, yeah, the new uh, one. Uh, no, I didn't. Um, I really, I'm still, I still really want to. It reminds me quite a bit of something like Dark Souls, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I played. I think I, the last one I played was on um my 3ds. Okay. Um, and I, I don't really like the button layout of a 3ds at all. Uh, so I didn't really have any fun yeah, playing it, but yeah. I know that the the uh, the core actual gameplay and mechanics of it are kind of Dark Souls esque, and I, I really like that about it. Yeah, it's got a really animation based kind of yeah. slow, yeah, thoughtful combat yeah. system behind it. Yeah, super mm-hmm. super stats based, uh, which I'm all about in games. So. Uh, okay, that's a that's a that's a fair answer, Fish. Uh, to kind of k- start things off a little, what about you, Josh? Um, for like personally, I I kind of I made two lists. I also made ones for like I think for the industry as a whole, kind of like the kind of like you asked the community. But I'll I'll go into my personal ones. Uh, first, um, I I really enjoyed Breath of the Wild, like really, um, just because of the amount of freedom it gave you. Um, like, like you, you do the opening the tutorial bit, which even that is hardly tutorialized. Like they just, you know, they give you a pop up whenever you get a new power, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, but after you do that, you can just go anywhere and do whatever you think looks interesting. Um, and even when you get quests. Sometimes they'll give you an objective marker. Sometimes they'll just kind of tell you it's over here ish. Um, and so like all the gameplay is exploration based, like even whenever they try to give you an objective, um, it's just, it's feeding into more exploration for you. Um, which I just, I loved, um, it just kind of, it it allowed you to, it allowed you to tackle things however you felt like it which is a really cool feeling that I just haven't really gotten from most open-world games. Which isn't to say they're bad, it's just they've <coughs> always kind of had different parts of their own game segmented off to be played in different yeah, ways. for sure. Um, yeah, just the full freedom is nice. Mm-hmm. I, it's a surprise that more games don't do that now, where it's just like, Here's the here's the game. Just go now. Technically, the plateau you can't leave the plateau, but it's still like a very open ended like tutorial. I'm just surprised more games aren't just like mm-hmm. here's the game. Here's like a very brief, you know, yeah. basic idea of what I you need. I think that's just a hard go. thing to pull off because without the basic mechanics, the the movement and the just the abilities on their own being satisfying enough, it's yeah. really hard to pull that off. Um. <clears throat> yeah, you mean like the basic it, stuff you'd get in there, like to be able to turn things into ice or having bombs. Yeah, or, just like all the all the ways you interact with the world. Like they just they they give you all your tools to interact with the world, and if those aren't unbelievably solid, like it's yeah. I, I just don't think another game could 
yeah, really pull it off. That? I think the best thing I could probably say about Breath of the Wild is that just I, I think I played about 15 hours. I'm not a Nintendo kind of guy at all, but mm-hmm. I I had a I had a Switch for a while, and uh, I think that the the amount like you're saying the amount of like ways you can interact with the world in ways that are never explained or ever like mm-hmm. made mention of are it's so fascinating <clears throat> when you like naturally stumble upon that like yeah. i was i was i was running around in the forest this is, it's total non uh, totally unimportant to the overall experience but it was a, a detail that i appreciate i was running through the forest with like a like a great sword and i swiped and all the grass around me cut and that's not like that's not like a, a like a noticed feature or really even that noteworthy other than just it's like that Nintendo flair and Nintendo touch and stuff like that. And then there's all of those mechanics with um like the you know like the magnetism and stuff like that. You'd see like on YouTube like people like self breaking the game. Yeah, 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 just like yeah, but yeah. like in a weird way it feels like the game uh they made those mechanics and they didn't really add restrictions to it. Yeah. So if you yeah. can figure it out, it still technically operates within that world, and so it's yeah. like it's not like yeah. it's broken or anything like that. So I, that's that's I loved Breath of the Wild for that reason. If you mm-hmm. think blades of grass cutting are great, let me tell you about horse poop. All right, I got some <laughs> dynamic horse poop I can play. Uh, uh, no, what? Yeah, uh, Breath of the Wild is a very unique case, I think, for that reason as well. Um, which is why it became such a legendary game in our community. It still made my top five. I didn't love it as much as some people did, but I mean, it was impossible. Like the way I look at some games like that is like, if it oppresses, if it impresses me enough, even if there's things that I push back against it, like the admiration for me will overtake mm-hmm. the the. Even if I don't enjoy it as much, like I wasn't a big fan of like weapon degradation. Never have going back Ugh. to being a kid. Yeah, um, uh, way too much in that game, and and they they implemented it really well in the game. I just hate it. I just hate it. I just don't like it. It's a preference thing. I don't like. There's a lot of things that you'll push back against that game that can be frustrating. Certain, but but yeah, you're too much of a loot whore. It's just it hurts you. Yeah, in your soul, yeah. anytime one of your weapons breaks. Well, it sucks. Well, I'll yeah. say it sucks when you go into when you like. I would go into a one of those dungeons and I would go in with like a couple of lower level weapons and I by mm-hmm. the end of it I'd run through like two or three of those weapons just for a weapon that I'd get ten hits out of before it broke again. Yeah. So that that actually <clears throat> that's one of the main reasons I straight up just stopped playing that game. Is because it was too frustrating it because I'm right yeah. there with you. Like I very much so a new school kind of gamer. I would have much preferred something that was a little bit more accessible in that vein. Yeah. Yeah. Well it, that it, it, yeah. that's oh, also God. something they don't really stress a lot in like the original game. Um Oddly enough, with the DLC for it, with the hard mode and the extra challenge dungeons and stuff, they add stuff in there specifically focused around the weapon degradation that was not originally part of the game, other than just how you kind of manage it yourself. Um, uh, For example, some of the bosses to get through, especially on hard mode, like they they will give you a, 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 a fixed weapon set. Um, like you're supposed uh, to be going in and playing as, you know, the the four heroes that died in the past. Um, but you know, just your job is to actually survive the fight, and and you can see why they died because the weapons they were there with did not have enough damage to <laughs> physically kill the bosses yeah. unless you, like, really game it out and think about how you can maximize the damage you're getting and mm-hmm. and stop them from regening any health with your abilities and stuff and and that was not really a focus at all uh, until yeah. those fights the yeah. 
the the shark prince actually rekindled my love for that game. I had burned out of it, and then I came across that side on the shark. I don't know if you ever came across him, Zach, but he's this beautiful shark prince, and I was like, oh, this place is amazing. And then I kind of <laughs> fell in love with it again. But no, I think it's because I kept like I would find something cool, and this is what the game was going for. It wanted you to use it at the right moments, right? But like I, as a gamer. I, I was trying to break this of myself too. I would find the cool thing and then I'd be afraid to use it. You know what I mean? I'd be like, I don't want to use yeah. it now. I'm like, yeah. I wanna, mm-hmm. but when am I going to use it? So I had this cool weapon. I'd be like, oh, I'm not going to use it yet. And then like 20 hours later, I'm like, I've never used this sword because I'm afraid of using it. I should just fucking <laughs> use it finally. And then I'd use it and it breaks and then I feel empty in the inside. I'm like, I don't know. Like, that's what they were going for and they achieved it. But it was like a very, it's a very controversial, polarizing uh, mechanic. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, Still fits the theme of the game. I still thought it was implemented, I guess, well within what they were going for. Just, but uh, yeah, Breath of the Wild is a great example. What about you, Zach? Before I get to mine, was there some examples that you are <clears throat> were thinking of for you? Yeah. Um, first one that comes to mind is Manhunt. Uh, hmm. An old. Oh, we're going all the way back. We're going way yeah, back. Yeah. To... <clears throat> so I'm first console I ever had was an Xbox. Uh, first game I ever played was Halo. So I don't really have a deep. Um, kind of catalog of anything anything older than that but i remember playing and i i was raised in a very conservative family and so it was very limited on what i could play but i had his friend <laughs> and uh we played manhunt and that was like talking industry specific it was i can't help but feel in a way that it paves the road for characters like morgan in like in red dead for example mm-hmm. in terms of it protagonizes some really horrible people but in that, in doing so, it ad, it adds opportunity for more intricate storytelling in a medium that really hadn't had that at the point. You know, we were still we were still obsessed with side scrollers, and um, we had just mastered like three D technology. Not mastered, we had just like really yeah, yeah figured out how to manage it. And so games hadn't really evolved into strong pieces of storytelling. I don't think. And so I think a game like Manhunt does that really well. <clears throat> didn't it have like a, a headset where you you could wear the PlayStation? I remember it. You could wear the online PlayStation headset that came with games like SOCOM, and you could it. They would talk. It would talk to you. And your, there was some. Do you remember that at all? I'm gonna have to Google this if you don't know what I'm talking about. There was yeah, a. I don't he- think I do. There was a really revolutionary headset feature, and I gotta find it. So keep, <laughs> keep going. Keep going. No, it was it was because that that was a game I also was raised in a very conservative family, and I I could not play. It was a Rockstar game. It was in the mm-hmm. PS2 era, yeah. and it was really fucking like everyone was like, "Oh no, you know, there was no way in hell I was going to be allowed to play that game." <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that game. Did did yeah. you play that game, Josh? Uh, I I didn't own it. Like I played it in passing, but not okay. Like yeah. at friends' houses and stuff, but yeah, I didn't. Terrifying. Haven't played through the game. Yeah, okay, um, yeah, here it is. Okay, so in Manhunt, the lead character, James Earl Cash, inserts an earpiece into his ear to hear the director that talks to you. Um, now at the U.S., so there was that re- like revolutionary like USB headset functionality there. Like you were getting, if I remember right, you were getting like directions from someone. It's almost like a Hotline Miami thing. You were getting directions from someone yeah, to, and, to murder people. Yeah, I think, I think if I remember correctly, the kind of plot of the game is that you're like being made to do these things to fight for your own escape, almost kind of Saw-esque. Yeah, um, and yeah, I, I had no clue that was even a thing. That's really interesting. But yeah, if you ever if you ever go back to play Manhunt on PS2 and you want to get nostalgic, oh, just find dude. that headset. Find that headset. Yeah, <clears throat> those headsets. Like, just forget games for a second. The SOCOM headset is probably the most influential bit of tech from the PS2 era. Those yeah, things. That. that that was my headset for 
gaming, for podcasting, for, for playing <laughs> WoW with friends That's for funny. like over a decade because those things were basically free in every GameStop mm-hmm. around yeah. the country. And that unsung hero of, of that generation, it's, it's that headset. Like, yeah. it, it really is. It, it I, made us think that SOCOM was a cool game when it mm-hmm. wasn't. Because you did. were just like, <laughs> go over here, go over there. You're like, oh, yeah. look. Yeah, I played oh, that I'm game t- for a couple minutes, yeah. and it's atrocious. Yeah. But the headset, yeah. the headset well, is great. We played it a lot, Jack. We played it a lot back in the day. I don't, I don't really yeah. think it's a good game, but I remember me and you played it a lot in my, mm-hmm. at my house back when... Yeah, trying to get was, oh my god, those AI guys—they—they they didn't understand yeah. anything you said. <laughs> and you can make a, you can make a case that that was like a technical achievement at the time mm-hmm. that it was pushing games forward. I don't really, but no other games yeah. really started using that. It was—it well, didn't have uh, influence. What, uh, what's the name of the? There's a Konami horror game. Yeah, that yeah, used, well, uh, yeah. Shit, what was the name of that game? Like but, Rescue Me or something weird. No, it, uh, I'm completely blanking on it, but it was set in a space I'll station. Find it. And, and basically, instead of playing with the director in your ear, you are the director. You're some guy holed up in the security station who can see what's going on, kind of as an overhead, top-down view of the horror game, which is what you'd normally play with anyway, but you're yelling at the actual person doing stuff, which was a cool idea, except they decided... Lifeline. Lifeline, Lifeline. yeah. It was a cool idea, except they decided to make the hero of the game, not you, be so inept that you literally had to tell her each time you wanted them to take a shot. Like, fire! Yeah. Fire! I'm like, no, no. Oh, that's... seriously? Yeah, yeah. Too they they, oh, couldn't, too they couldn't give them that much autonomy <laughs> to just fire whenever they think, maybe I should fire. So. Oh, and then all, yeah, I remember all these game writers were coming out at the time, like, trying to get all, like, morality with it. Like, oh, now we have men telling a woman what to do. And it started to get this weird, like, line there. I'm like, okay, well, if you're looking for that stuff, that, sure, but it's not, that's, it's not really there, you know? Yeah, uh, that was that wasn't the purpose. But that was a, um, that was a weird thing. Yeah, it, it, it influenced one odd horror game that no one mm-hmm. ever heard of. Yeah. Which is odd. And I think that <laughs> one actually worked better than SOCOM as far as, like, taking advantage of the microphone, but, yeah. Yeah, because SOCOM was mostly just go here, go here, do that. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead, Jack. There was I was a... just going to say, SOCOM's a really, really fascinating franchise that I, I didn't ever play until the uh, the 2011 one, which was like apparently really, really dumbed down. Hmm. Um, hmm. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't actually play it because I know that that game, it was made by Zipper. That game came out like two, three days before the, the PSN outage that lasted for like a month. Yeah. You know, and by the time... Gamers got back on, and by the time the service was finally, and the community up, just wasn't there. Yeah, the audience mm-hmm. just like that, and then that that company or that developer shut down and everything like that. But I didn't play any of the older ones. I had my brother used to play. I think my brother used to play the older ones, um, but they were just too hardcore for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was one of those games that tricked me into it because even though the reviews weren't that great, there'd be a line or two in every review that was like, "When this game's clicking, there's nothing else like it." And every time I read that, it gets me every fucking time. <laughs> like, every time, I'm just like, "Oh, really?" Well, now I have to experience it. So I remember I like went around my town for like hours trying to find a store that had a copy of SoCom left, and it was absurdly ex- expensive because it was it was fucking yeah, king package with, with the, the headset. headset. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a mm-hmm. fucking nightmare, and then I was it was frustrating, but like kind of magical. This I c- I couldn't even tell you if the game is awful, honestly, because my I'm looking at it ba- through a, a lens of time. Rose tinted goggles. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a good idea because I I remember t- talking about this at one point, but uh, fuck, I don't even remember what the 
tagline was because there have been 8,000 different Rainbow Six games. But the Rainbow Six game on N64 had a similar sort of thing where you're controlling the whole squad and you can like pause and give them commands like go here, hold a corner, do something like that while you play as one of them. And it's a really cool idea, but they've just they've never made a good way to control it. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, yeah. Like with that one, it was a top-down control it on the map, tell them where to go, and then SOCOM tried yelling at them, but they never understood you. Like it's it's a really cool idea. It's just I I don't know if we're ever really gonna get there with the whole tactical slash shooter hybrid. Yeah, thing. and I think that I think that there's a, a frustrating kind of aspect of gimmicky gimmickiness to it, mm-hmm. or as for as unique as the idea is, a lot of the ideas in like the Connect were unique, but in execution, they're just not at a very baseline level. They're just not fun. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think for for like for example, this is kind of going in a weird topic, but like for like VR or something like that, as interesting and as fascinating as that kind of way to play a game is, I don't think we're ever going to move past just a, a just a standard controller. You know, for as interesting and as niche as all of these kinds of uh, ways to play games and unique experiences. I think at the end of the day, nothing really beats a controller. You know. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I think or until we keyboard. get. Yeah. I think until we get way farther along. Yeah. Like yeah. some sort of like actually well, tracking your body instead of yeah, using like, controller at all. But I think like, yeah. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. The uh, the the trackpad that like I've seen some videos where people were like playing Skyrim on like this like omnidirectional. Hmm. Like if that were somehow standardized, trying yeah. to get <laughs> yeah, with over they stand. Yeah, yeah it's not really a like consumer a electronics yeah. type yeah. offering well, at this point at all. So true, true story. The first time I played Resident Evil Seven in VR, uh, I was I was walking around my living room as as much as the game was well, sort of walking in place to like I was like because I'm kind of weird and nerdy, so I was like role playing. So I was like <laughs> I told I told my wife I was like just watch me and make sure I don't run in anything. So I put the controller on, and as the controller was walking, I was sort of walking in place, yeah. and like I was trying to pretend like I was in there, and it was yeah, it was really it was actually pretty fun. Um, but I yeah, I got up getting all tangled up and stuff like that and eventually i just ended up sitting down because i you know eventually you just get lazy but uh yeah most of the, even the best vr games are still generally use the controller like yeah. astrobot resident evil 7 um most of the games i've really moss most of the games i've really loved you still just use the controller even though you're wearing the vr headset mm-hmm. the headset is more about the i think that the thing interesting thing about vr is it's more about what it does visually and putting you in that world and using it in interesting ways as opposed to the movement and some games get really now i might eat these words because there are cool games like beat saber where you can use the each of the move sticks to be like swords and stuff like that you know but generally speaking you don't really need the movement to still be immersed in vr but a lot of a lot of companies are just they're going for that full like either controller and your headset are and that's fine. It's just mm-hmm. interesting that a lot of the best VR games still just use a controller. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, you know, but like I said, Beat Saber looks cool. And there, there are some exceptions like uh, Until Dawn, um, Rush of Blood Until Dawn is a fun game. You can play with the, the move mm-hmm. sticks and it feels good. Like some, the most of those games I played actually do feel there's the, there's that one. I never got it because you had to get like this $80 controller, but it was called, um, fuck. What was that? Have you seen I the know big you're v- about heavy, heavy, heavy battalion or something like that? Heavy. Oh, ah, you're, it's you're like talking a, about it's like steel a, battalion. Steel you're battalion. Steel. Is that what you're talking about? 
That was the big mech game that came with yeah. a huge mech. That yeah. was a, well, that's a whole other story into itself. No, okay. there was a game. There was a game for um, the PSVR that came with a giant white gun, and it was the uh, a VR light gun. It, Farpoint, yeah, 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 that's it. And the, like uh, our good friend Rich, who writes Destructo, and he's on the show, he said that that game was just a solid game, but because you were using the the gun, it was really fun. And um, but like the problem there is that unless you go buy this expensive gun, and how many games are actually going to use it? So it opens up these problems. Anyway, anyway, so your your point though, going back to your point, uh, I was called you Rich, um, Zach, was that you manhunt humanized bad people so you basically like to humanize terrible human beings is that what yeah you're dude i'm just advocating for all that violence you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> no uh, no 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 but i i think it it adds a it adds a a layer of um a layer of storytelling that you just didn't see in games prior like you would see every once in a while you know what i'm saying you know grand theft auto 3 on ps2 is another example of that where it's like it's starting to standardize some more cinematic storytelling yeah. You know, apart yeah. from just like side scrolling and and you know, like Spyro, which is just like collectathons and banjo like all these they're like really fun, but they're focused on game mechanics rather than um telling a really interesting story. Um Yeah. I fall somewhere in between wanting those things. Like uh like there are games that come out today that I want to love a lot more than I do, like really mechanics heavy based games like Shovel Knight or Hyperlight Drifter and all these things, like but mm-hmm. I just don't I just not, I'm just not interested in them. And then I tend to focus more on games that are focused around a more interesting, more interesting to me, at least story. Um, Narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, games like Bioshock or something like that, or, or Manhunt or, or, you know, the original Red Dead, I think is a really great example of that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I was exactly like you when I was a little younger, which is a nice segue for me, but I feel like video game stories have just generally disappointed me over the past, like, however many years. They just don't do it. Like, I grew up kind of jaded because, like, when I was a kid, it was, like, Metal Gear Solid was, like, the norm, which, I mean, some people think that story's terrible, and I, I respect that opinion, but, like, there was, like, it was, like, very narrative-driven experiences, PS1, Final Fantasy, and yeah. then, I don't know, I just feel like the narrative for video games has, has sort of shifted especially with a lot of the open world games and I started to get into other things, but yeah, like it sounds like you're more of a narr- like it's because I remember last time we were on the show, we talked about inside for a, a while, mm-hmm. which is only like a two hour game, but yeah. it's very mysterious and you could talk about that narrative for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like for as, for as little as we actually definitively know about anything in that game, it's posing kind of an aesthetic or an atmosphere that, is really uncommon. There's actually very few actual mechanics in that game when you think about it. Um, but I, I, I think I totally get what you're saying, and I think that open world games are the biggest. And this is what's frustrating is actually because I really love open world games. Like that's kind of the main because like I'm a budget student. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to graduate. I don't mm-hmm. have a lot of money. Yeah. I want to get. I want to get the most bang for my buck. Yeah. Um. But I hate when games complicate too much. You know what I'm saying? And I think that I think that Red Dead is a really good example of that because there, for me at least, I spent I didn't spend a whole lot. I spent like fifteen hours into the game, uh, and I have no intention of going back to it. I'm sorry, hmm. I'm so sorry. It, but it beat you down. It just beat me <laughs> down, man. Because for all of the fascinating, like like we like we were talking about authenticity and 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 things to do in the world, I felt like the story. Like the story and the world itself were constantly at odds, hmm. and I felt like almost no direction in the first like four or five hours of that game. And I think this is more indicative of a Rockstar game itself. I think Grand Theft Auto did this too, 
where it's like mm-hmm. there's all of these like weirdly disparate levels and missions that don't really seem to connect directly. It's kind of just like here's a day in the life of Arthur Morgan. Um, here's just another thing he has to do. I didn't really get into the main arc of the story until well into that game, like six or seven into that game. I felt I understand that that everything is playing a really important role, but it's like. Oh, well, now you need to go save this dude who happens to be John Marston. Okay, a little bit of fan service. That doesn't really serve the greater plot, so why should I have to do it? You know? And so I think that what frustrated me most about that game is that the story felt like it just lingered. What, what if I told you there was an emotional scene later in the game where uh, John Marston is telling you about how he had wished that he had just been left for dead on that mountain because of how he's treated his family and his kids and stuff like that. Like, the the tricky thing about that game is that the entire, and this is something I've t- we've been talking about at nauseum, is like, the entire first chapter, or chapter two, sorry, the entire first chapter is a prologue, but chapter two is actually still kind of a prologue, too. And you're right, you, you are just doing random things, take a boy fishing, uh, Go to the store. Go to the bar. Get into a bar. You go to the bar with Lenny. Did you do the Lenny mission where you take that guy Lenny to the bar and you guys get really drunk and you see Lenny everywhere? No. So after I finished with taking out, um, getting that guy out of out of the prison or whatever, the federal kind of like camp, mm-hmm. I was just like, all right, uh, I feel like I've put enough hours into the story to not feel guilty about not playing it, and I just went off and did random stuff, which I found way more interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like well, it's, that's it's, what I did. With Horizon, yeah. Wandering around is a whole lot more cohesive of an experience than exactly. doing the story missions. Because every time you get into a story mission, you're in a story mission. You can't wander off. You can't tackle it in a different way. Yeah, and because you're, it's so animation yeah. focused, it felt like I'm constantly on an extremely tight tight rope. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm I have a leash on me, and I can't deviate from that path. Yeah. And the interesting thing about Rockstar Games are their openness, not. Not yeah. this kind of like weird animation heavy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not bad. It's not bad. It's just so no, different yeah. from the rest of the game that it's jarring. Yeah, it 100%. is. Hundred yeah. percent. That's literally. I don't think that. I don't think that that game. The the. I I don't doubt that the story is probably really good. You know what I'm saying? Just from what I've seen, I can tell that there's a lot of really interesting character dynamics and development happening. I just really dislike the fact that I have to justify 10 hours to be interested you know well i guess the if you're not interested in the small things in the beginning even a little bit then yeah. it, maybe it's not for you because yeah. i i i get that because i yeah. i didn't feel quite the way you did but i i think the juxtaposition there that's tough is how do you attach a character to a giant camp of like 13 i don't know how many people are in your camp but there's a lot of people yeah. how do you justify a relationship with all these people in a way that's not just cinematics and form a relationship in a way that you are you are a moving colony in some ways. And that is that is asking I told you guys in the last podcast, they are asking more of you at the beginning of this game. I think the return will be more than what most games give you, but they are asking a lot yeah, more as well. 100%, yeah. I don't I don't doubt that all these systems are really interesting and I think that they're they're playing into a much larger kind of series of systems. Um, yeah. but yeah, like I it's almost it almost gave me anxiety just being like there's oh, it so gives me anxiety, too. Here. I yeah. get anxiety, too. Yeah, that's relieving yeah. me. Yeah. I, I played through... Go ahead, Josh. Sorry. Well, it's interesting. Like, I feel kind of like a lot of the random little tiny interactions around the camp and stuff are really about building characterization for when you finally get into a mission with some of these characters. Like, yeah, yeah. 20 hours later, um, which feels really good. 
but I, I think also makes the beginning weaker because you're thrown right into these story missions. You don't know who anyone is. It's very linear, yeah. so you're not doing the stuff you want to do. And so until you have this sort of rapport with these characters, it doesn't, it doesn't feel as rewarding. Like, why would I want to go off and do this thing that is completely unlike the rest of the game I'm enjoying un- unless the character development is there well, to make you yeah, feel invested? Yeah. I didn't even think about I, that. That's a good point. Well, I think that the, the thing is, like, the missions you're doing with them, you are learning, but I think it is tricky because... Yes, I agree with all those things. I think the only my two I like the game a lot more than than obviously you guys do. But I think my two I thought a lot about this. My only two major criticisms of the game is the first one. I think we all agree with is that there is a disjointed nature between what the open world is and what the story missions are. So Mm -hmm. much so that even you remember that mission where you broke that guy out of the jail. There's a there's a part in that mission where he runs in this house to murder these people that took his guns or whatever. Because um, he's like a psychopath, that guy. By the way, that guy's character arc gets pretty interesting because he's a very detestable person. Um, but I tried to walk after he murdered the people in the house. He, he, we could go to continue the mission. I just wanted to walk up to the house and kind of look in the window. The game wouldn't even let me walk on the porch. I, there, there was an invisible wall around the porch of that house, and that was like yeah. j- to, like to, to stop you from being able to kill them, or, or to stop you or from to even being look able in to there or something. Yeah. I don't. And then there was the mission I told you guys about where you go to interrogate this guy, and um, I didn't lay a finger on him, but in the movie, he was, be- he was beat up. Um, yeah, 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 you talked about this on last week's podcast. Yeah, and like, so yes, that is the one criticism that is just a little strange to me, because I don't, I don't feel, I don't understand why it's that, that on rails I just don't quite, because even back in the day with Grand Theft Auto, if I remember right, you could like, if you knew a mission was coming up, you could plan a car outside of the mission that you wanted to use, and you could, like, mm-hmm. blow out a tire or something. Like, I just, like, if they, I don't know why those don't blend a little bit more. It's kind of strange to me. Well, it's such a heavy focus on, like, it's, it's a very cinematic story, you know, uh, which is, seems to be just, like, the trend of Rockstar Games. Um, yeah, like they want you to beat up that guy, which is fine, but, like, just tell me to beat him up. Don't give me the choice. If you give me yeah. the choice, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. odd. Because mm-hmm. I, yeah. Like- I don't know. It, and I think, so that, that, that criticism, I do agree with. I do agree yeah. with that. I think my only other criticism, since we're talking about it, is probably something that you guys have already voiced, is that, and I don't, I don't think that this is, I'm somewhere in between Morgan and you guys on this, where I feel like the very act of playing the game is not fun for me, because the control scheme is just something that I abhor. Yeah, you know? the controls are, uh, all right, uh, I, I was giving Morgan crap about the whole eight different buttons to do something um but the bigger problem is whenever one button does eight different things um which i I was telling the guys about i had a great trip to the saloon yesterday where i went in there played poker and bust two guys in a single hand just took all their money wait you could bust two guys using just one hand Mm -hmm. that's that's skills big hands big hands (laughs) um wow and anyway, oh, after that, I that. went to the went to the bar to get myself a drink since I'd <clears throat> made a bunch of money, and uh, started to get in a fight with a drunk guy who was being belligerent. And the left trigger lets you interact with them to uh, you know to try to calm them down. Like I'm just yeah. trying to uh, trying to enjoy my time here, not trying to get in a fight. And so you you know hold left trigger to try to calm them down. Uh, until he throws a punch, at which point left trigger pulls your gun on him. So it escalated things very fucking quickly. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I hundred yeah. percent agree with you. There, there's a lot of. It seems like there's a lot of um, inconsistency in and how you interact with things. And I like for me the my in terms of its controls, I just hate how ro- like Rockstar games control. You know, I've never hmm. I've never beaten. I haven't beaten a single Rockstar game for as much time as I've put into a lot of them. Hmm. The Last Red Dead, I played the online so much, and that's that's probably where I'm going to get my money's worth in this game. I think. Um, but the the actual like act of like holding the A button and moving, and it, because it's so animation heavy, like it's it feels slow. It feels like the older Assassin's Creed games, where it's just mm-hmm. like it's not fun to actually navigate until you're moving at a higher speed. You know. Um, and yeah. then there's also all those stamina bars and health bars and like really specific kinds of like something determines how quickly that regains something determines how slowly that gains like and there's a whole lot of like layering in terms of those things and as they were like sh- popping up on my screen I was just sitting and I was just like no <laughs> like yeah. I'm, I'm like I don't even think this is that complex but like I just don't like I don't want to. Well, I think you're, that's helped if you're getting into the role playing aspect of it. Like, yeah. if I sit down and I'm like, I want to smoke a cigarette and yeah, eat, yeah, you eat, really eat this, have like, to get in the role playing for that to work. Because yeah, I, but, I've, but it's, I've noticed, it's, I've noticed Morgan's that you, like, yeah, <laughs> Morgan's like not even in like VR and he's just standing there like pretending moving to his walk. feet. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I feel like the game uh, is almost in kind of want the thing is you don't really have like if you were to just ignore everything in the game i think you'd still be fine for the most part i don't think yeah. you have to really engage with everything well it's it, just sort of i've i've noticed this like as quickly as the all your meters deplete you don't need to eat a lot of food and my arthur morgan is getting thinner and thinner and thinner which consequently makes his health he's smaller like yeah. I don't know if, like, if you overeat, you'll get fatter, and you'll have more health, but less stamina, and vice versa. Um, I think you turn that off. Can you turn off weight gain? Because I I don't think mine's changing weight at all. I don't think you can. But anyway, like, I have tried to eat enough to stay normal weight, and you just, you can't. Like, it's just, you need to eat so much. Like, you don't need Mm -hmm. to fill the bars at all. It's just, if if you want your stats to stay you know, middle of the road, Optimum, just so you don't yeah. feel like you're getting pushed in one direction or another. Uh, not to mention that you never actually need the stamina meter for anything. So being underweight is especially bad. Like, mm-hmm. you, just, you, you never actually use Arthur Morgan's stamina wheel for anything. It's, yeah. it's a completely useless meter. It, it's one of those mechanics that's like, it's, it's again, cool in theory, but it, <clears throat> me, to me, it feels like a gimmick mm-hmm. in the sense that, like, <clears throat> My much more interesting open world game to me was Odyssey because it gets the open world aspect right, but it doesn't ask too much of the player in terms of that kind of immersion and, um, mm. like you said, role playing kind of investment. I I don't like to think that if I'm not stopping what I'm doing and stopping the momentum of the game to go find a box of chips or you know a canned food, that the performance of my character is not is less than optimum. You know I'm saying I just want there to be like. Yeah base well, stats and then maybe something to permanently or or you know temporarily upgrade those things but i really like the fact that i have to go eat like r- kills the momentum of that game for me yeah. and i didn't even know that but like, you can eat you fast eat, you can you just go spinning. to your wheel you can just throw a cracker in your mouth yeah it's, it's no like, it's it's fine but you don't <clears throat> know you have to because that's buried like eight menus deep yeah. to find out if you're becoming underweight and it's messing up mm-hmm. your stats like 
Because that's not something that would ever occur to me in a video game. Yeah. That I'm losing weight and I'm losing stats. Yeah, I didn't notice it until like 10 hours in, and all of a sudden I was like, let's go see what these stats are like now. Like, I've I've leveled up a bunch, and I look in there, I'm like, severely underweight. You've got half the health you're supposed to have. I'm like, oh, oh, maybe I should eat a fucking cheeseburger. (laughs) Wait a second. This goes back to a fundamental... Okay, we're getting way off track here. The question is, have you ever wanted to role-play as a cowboy? Have you ever wanted to just live (laughs) life as a cowboy? That's what this game is about. Living in the wild, fishing, eating, hunting. Like, if you if you don't fundamentally like yeah. the idea of role-playing as a cowboy, then yes, fundamentally yeah. the game would not be... Yeah, well, and it works once you know you have to. Yes. Yeah, because exactly. basically ever since then, as soon as I hunt something, I'll immediately eat some of it. Like, okay, let's just knock this out. It's not a big deal once you know you have to do it. It's just nobody told me for so long that by the time mm-hmm. I realized it... My stats were just like. Are you sure? Waves. Because I feel like my Arthur has not gained or lost a pound. Um, are you sure it's not an optional thing? No, I'm pretty sure it's not. I mean, I could that look in the menu weird. at some point, but yeah. Anyways, well, I mean, yeah, maybe you're just having a lot of that stew every time you go back to camp. I, so you're just not noticing eat, it. I don't. I don't eat that much stew. I honestly, I've only eaten like crackers and peaches and shit. Like I don't. I don't eat a lot of the meat I catch. I mostly sell it. I don't, because I, I don't like to sit down by the fire too long and do that. If I'm already camping, I'll do it. But um, <clears throat> anyways. I, I don't, let me just say this. I don't, I don't want to, I don't, I don't think that those mechanics are inherently bad. I think that a lot of it has to do with just my own real life schedule hmm. um, and my inability to invest time in something like that. I think that if you can yeah. manage to invest something like that and you want to commit, like, I think that Red Dead's probably want to, want a game for you, like you're saying. Like, I think that for all the things that I have a problem with it, I think that the game is totally valid from Morgan's perspective, you know? I don't think that yeah. that these, by default, are, like, horrible mechanics or anything like that. It's just something that I, um, you know, like, I just don't have time I, to, like, I, jump into, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I will never completely understand. I mean, you guys don't really enjoy the feel of the game that much, and I, I guess I'll never completely understand yeah. that, but that's, um, that's a preference thing. I mean, yeah. I, 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 update I on that. I have enjoyed the combat more since I turned off auto-aim. Like, it's, it's felt a lot <clears throat> better because the auto-aim oh, on this yeah. game was just so strong that it was, yeah, yeah. yeah. and it, it yeah. feels much better once I turned that off. It, mm-hmm. Also, it has sliders. I noticed it has sliders if you just want to turn it down to a level that isn't completely horrible, but I just completely turned it off, and it feels better. The combat feels so much better without that turned on at all. Um, yeah. So that, that has helped my experience significantly. Um, however, really however, the, the scheduling thing, I think, is a big deal. That's, that's, that is a very big deal. There is no fast travel until you unlock it after putting a bunch of time into upgrading your camp. Um, and once you have it, you can only fast travel from your camp. Um, other than that, you can kind of go between train stations yeah. or um, um, like stagecoach hubs, but that costs a lot of money, and money is fairly scarce in the game. Um, they're committing to what yeah. they're going for, much yeah. like you know they're committing but, to their thing. But yeah. if you don't like and that, the that's, thing, that's fine. Um, and then we mentioned last week that they have a auto travel mode where you can set your horse to to run and then set the cinematic camera on and then just walk away and you'll go there which yeah. is great except you can get attacked and killed 
Yeah, I still didn't figure out how to do that automatic thing. I don't know if I have. Uh, an I have no idea I think on it's the select button. Yeah, on on Xbox, oh. it's going to be your select button, yeah. I think, because it's the pad on it's the it's like <laughs> it's, the, it's the touchpad on PS4. Oh, okay. So it's probably select on Xbox. But anyway, you just get going the speed you want, and you hold it down for like three seconds. Um, yeah. But that doesn't. It doesn't like. It's not like the travel montages when you're actually fast traveling. You're still in right. the world. Stuff can kill you. Like, I set it to run to Saint-Denis the other day, and I'm just riding the whole way there. And go off, you know, grab a drink, go to the bathroom, come back, and, like, I'm getting ambushed by a bunch of raiders. Like, they just killed me. Cinematic does not mean safe, yeah. Yeah. It just means... I'm like, why? what's the point of this? Like, you don't have to touch any buttons. You're not doing anything. Well, and the travel is phone. such a huge <laughs> time commitment that, yeah, you can't wander well, off. Me, I've been doing the uh, fishing yeah. quests, and you have to, which makes me laugh, you actually lay, mail the legendary fish back to the guy, yeah, um, which, which means I have to go back to the uh, like the train station, which mm-hmm. is fine. Again, I'm committed to what this game is doing, but it's, it's uh, you have to travel halfway across the map, and I'm like, well, there might yeah. be a closer train station, but I haven't found it, so I'm going to travel all the way back to this train station, and then I'm going to mail this, and then travel. There's yeah, it's it's uh, it's labor it's laborious, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, like it's, the worst feeling is whenever you realize you saved on a far corner of the map and. Oh, I just wanted to hop in and, you know, do a thing or two. And mm-hmm. the first 10 minutes back in the game, are you walking to where you wanted to go? <laughs> but sometimes you can get into, like, on the way, you'll get into funny stuff. Like, I got into, I had caught that legendary largemouth bass, and I got into a head-on collision with this poor guy, and he died. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just remember, like, <laughs> kind of walking back and looking at this, like, pile of corpses this guy's poor dead horse and this poor dead guy and my horse was limping around and all i cared about was the corpse of my giant fish that i had to go sell and i'm just like picking up this corpse of my fish and all these dead bodies like i'm sorry man i know this is i'll get out of here but like it's just like and there's a lot of stuff like when i was traveling back i saw a bunch of weird places and i just marked my map and i'll probably go back and check them out when i can but i do get a little bit of that anxiety because i'm like there's so much that I want to do and I just, it's already hard enough with two kids and everything I'm doing for sword chomp in my life and my job. And I'm just like, I do get a little of that anxiety where it's like, I want games to be this way, but part of me is just like, ah, yeah, I've got a very similar (laughs) feeling to like whenever persona five came out, I'm like, I'm really enjoying this, but I'm never going to finish it. I, I'm definitely yeah. getting that feeling again with this. 120 hours. Um, nice segue, though, back a little bit. I was going to say my answer to the question, which we got a little deviated from, which yeah, is fine because I want to. No, I wanted to talk Red Dead for you. That's tough. Breath of the Wild and Red Dead Redemption 2 only survived 15 hours for Zach. So it's a, yeah. it's a hard line he's drawn. If it, there. if it makes you guys feel any better, uh, I think Witcher is a far better game than Breath of the Wild, but I I also only got like 15 hours in before I was like, I, I can't, I can't do it. Like, and same thing, dude, same thing with um, a little bit different, but in Odyssey, I was doing Odyssey, I was reviewing Odyssey for the paper up here, and uh, I got about 20 hours in, I finished the review, and I was like, great, now I have no responsibilities, and I can just play this how I want to play this. I don't know what happened, but for some reason, I opened that game, and the frame rate would not go above 20. Mm. And mm. And like, I uninstalled the game, I reinstalled the game, I noticed that they had released an update for it, and the game was just, like, just, like, severely unplayable in comparison to how smooth it ran previously, Mm. and that's when I was like, all right, 
Another one bites the dust. I don't really have time to to yeah. you know, about, to sift what that, through the garbage. That Far Cry Five, though, am I right? Eh, eh, eh. I got. I think I got even less into that. God damn it! <laughs> You're killing me. I, and that's the uh, thing. I don't think that these games are any. Um, I don't think that the amount of time that I've spent is any reflection of the quality. It's just yeah. um, you have to be in a place and time for a lot of games and stuff like that. And have you finished uh, yeah. any? Well, I mean, it, like that's that'll be your game of the year—the game that you can finish all the way through. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, honestly, the fifteen-hour mark is already a season season of a television show. Like, if you want to, like, it's just at a certain well, point, yeah. it just becomes mm-hmm. not worth the investment, considering what you could yeah. get out of something else. Well, that's that's the trick, though. If I would not find a lot of TV shows I'd rather watch more than Red Dead, and that's preference. So it's we're getting down to the nitty gritty of like the investment is well, for the first fifteen hours, sure. For the second fifteen hours, for the third, for the eighth fifteen oh, it gets hours, better. oh, that's when it's at its best, Josh. Mm-hmm. It's at its best during the, the. I'm in chapter four now, so shit's just getting real. There is like. It's it's a shame because there's a lot of people who aren't going to see all the crazy stuff that's yeah. happening in this game. Yeah. Uh, that's a tragedy. There's a. Uh, I, I feel bad for giving fish so much crap now. Um, if Zach was on our podcast, he might have finished zero games. So I, <laughs> I get fish. I get fish a lot of shit because he's a, only. You don't I'm, appreciate. I'm very limited me. in my time. I think I think the the one that, the one that has any chance of really hooking its claws in me are I'm going to spend my usual brommer is if ten hours in. It doesn't hook me. I don't. I don't feel any guilt about not playing any further. So, mm. uh, I think the only one that might is probably Fallout seventy six, and that's if I even go get it. Um, I'll probably wait, see what the kind of critical reception is, and then jump in and see what it is myself. And if I can yeah. play it alone, and then just occasionally do kind of some co op stuff like that, I could see that. You know, it's still at heart that Fallout grind and loot, and that world is so much more interesting than any other world I've ever been in in a video game. So. That's probably mm-hmm. the one that'll that'll hook me if I if I get around to doing it. But. Did you try God of War? No, I didn't. I uh, I actually mm-hmm. a lot of I I sold my PlayStation and uh, Switch uh, bills. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, bills, bills. suck. <laughs> so yeah, bills. I didn't. I never got around to playing. I think the last PS4 exclusive I played was Horizon Zero Dawn, and I I spent a good forty hours in that game, mm-hmm. which I love. I love that game. If uh, well, if you'd like to sell your systems for extra cash and you'd like to donate to our Patreon, uh, <laughs> Patreon.com/swordchomp is a great way to uh, donate to. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. So that was gonna segue. So I was gonna say to answer your question in full circle here, so we can go get to some listener comments. I think the thing for me that I've noticed, at least more recently, that changed for me is like games that give me a very unique experience that nobody else is having or like mm-hmm. for example red dead is like halfway in the middle where i'm having a unique experience to a degree um i might encounter things in a different way somebody else my arthur morgan might look different than somebody else i you know there's there's a there it's like halfway through the middle there's games like no man's sky that i really enjoy where i build my little c lab on the planet that i found that nobody else is and it's like a very specific moment in time that only I have had, nobody else has had. And mm-hmm. I think as I've gotten older, like I'm, I'm more interested in games that can give me, like if we can sit down and we can all say, what happened to you? What happened to you? What happened to you? And all of our stories are different, but we're all having a good time. I think that's like my dream experience. Something I'm looking forward to is Cyberpunk, I hope, is that it's going to be like, we'll all be able to sit down and be like, oh man, my apartment is like this. And I'm dating this person, and I went and did this. Like, I'm hoping that games get more... Even with Diablo, something we're going to talk about later, 
when I was younger. It was like, oh man, fish, I found this super rare weapon that you hadn't seen yet. And I, I, my guy looks like this. And that's sort of like halfway between it too. But I, I'm really cradling experiences that are extremely unique. And we can all sit down and say, this happened to me, this happened to me, this happened to me. I think those are going to be my favorite things going forward, probably. And there's not as many of them as I would like there to be. I mean, that's why I love No Man's Sky. That's why I'm loving Red Dead Redemption to a degree. It's like halfway there. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of some other good examples off the top of my head, and there's not... See if These was a good one. See if These was a great game that if you played with other... Like, there were experiences we had in Sea of Thieves that nobody else will have. That's impossible. You know, now that's a little cheap because it's a multiplayer game and you could say every multiplayer match is technically different, blah, blah, blah. But, like, very specifically, there were things that happened to us in Sea of Thieves, like where Fish jumped out of the boat because he didn't know he should keep steering it and he wanted to help us fight and he left our boat unmanned, so we're fighting this guy in the water and our boat's going into a giant circle because no one's driving it. It crashes into an island and there's sharks eating us and, like, that was something that isn't gonna that happen yeah. unique to us you know <clears throat> i feel like i feel like i in my limited experience with sea of thieves i uh i had a similar experience where uh we were on like the far side of this island and we saw this guy who had previously killed us um he had like parked his boat on the other end and he was going to look for a treasure that we had just discovered and so we we were gonna like go and like ambush him once he got back to his boat and steal uh any treasure that he brought back as well um, and he ended up stealing our boat. So, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I think that he Old knew that's what we were doing. Cause we, like we had first, I don't know what it was, but we had like run into that guy multiple times and he was yeah, just definitively yeah. a better player than us. So, <laughs> but yeah, they'll come back too. they'll keep like, if you find someone that responds near your area, a lot of times you'll get a vendetta. Like yeah. we kept killing this guy and he would just keep coming back and back. It's like, yeah. they become an irritant at some yeah. point. Yeah. Oh, it was horrible. Like he kept attacking us and then losing. That was the worst part about it. Like, we started feeling really guilty about it about the eighth time we'd killed this guy. Yeah. Like, just, just stop trying, man. Stop. Come on. No, yeah. just don't. We feel bad. But he still kept us on our toes, because if he got us once and perhaps caused us problems, you mm-hmm. know? It was, uh, I remember one time we, we were chasing these people on this uh, raid. If, I don't know, well, they're not really raids, but they're the closest thing the game has to a raid. And they hid all their treasure on the island, right? Uh, and they got, like, most of it, but whenever we were done, we went on the island and we're like, shit, they got everything. How did they do that? They they took off so quickly. It didn't seem possible. So we started looking around, and there was no treasure, and then I was, like, stumbling through the grass, and I was like, holy shit, they're, they're hiding the treasure in the grass. So we started, like, digging in the grass and the bushes, and what they did was they hid their treasure in spots that they, what, they didn't think we were going to find it, and it wasn't a huge haul, but we were like, oh, yeah. man. We got, like, half their treasure, because... You know, they took off with a couple of the big pieces and then, yeah. you know, just hit the rest. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of cool, though. Kind of a scavenger almost. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot of dynamic things that can play out in that game that I think are... That's sort of the future, right? And maybe Fallout 76 is going to give people that. Maybe it's going to yeah. give people dynamic stories and experiences. Sure. Mm-hmm. Now, has... I haven't followed the game in, in since it came out at this point. Does Sea of Thieves have any like considerable more content than it had at launch uh yeah we're problem. we're like four expansions behind i think there's a new zone a couple expansions ago they added in ai ships like ai okay. threats like oh, skeletons right. that yeah. would come and attack you if well yeah w- whether the server's fully populated or not you'll have ai ships try to attack okay. you just so you're you're under threat more often 
Um, which which is cool, but but uh, which is a shame because I I think well, we talked about this in length in the past. It's, I think it's because if people played it by themselves, they probably had a pretty hollow experience, yeah, mm. or a frustrating experience. Like our friend Rich said, he played it by himself for a couple days, and he said it was a griefing simulator. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I I yeah, it is. But if you're playing it with four people that are your friends, it doesn't feel that way at all. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's hard to, it's like on your own, and I played a little bit of both, and I hopped in, I think the day it came out on Games Pass or whatever, and I was just like, I really hate that, like, I have to go down here and, like, look at this map and then place the waypoint, and then I gotta go actively steer it this whole time, and then, like, it, but, and then I realized that if, yeah. you, if you're playing with multiple people, a lot of that kind of anxiety and frustration is alleviated because everyone's yeah. doing their part like like an yeah exactly ship. yeah exactly like having a navigator to be able to just look at the map and tell yeah. you which way to go so you're not exactly. walking back and forth is big uh, another thing is not having to just constantly worry anytime like if you're playing solo you can't go on into an island and try to find treasure without constantly worrying that someone's just going to come steal your crap because they can just you know, roll up on you while you're on the other yeah. side of the island and take your stuff and you can't do anything about it. We joke that they shouldn't even let you play the game by yourself. It, 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 that game would have been received differently if they were like, you can't play this game unless you're at least with one other person, which might have pissed some people off, but I mean, I just don't been know. able to get the message across a little bit better, I think. Yes, yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah. it's just... But um, it's, as far as, like, the... Uh, so anyways, that's my answer to your question. That's what I'm looking for, other than just... I can, I could rattle off all the games that influence you throughout my life, but right now, that's that's what I'm more interested about in gaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think cyberpunk can give me that. I want to I wanna date a bunch of hot cyberpunk babes. I want to live in my cyberpunk apartment and go do whatever missions I want. Like, I think cyberpunk might be the dream, but again, who knows? Mm-hmm. No, I mean that's it's a hypothetical right now. Really, I just want to be able to have sex with a lot of virtual people. That's all I care about. If I if you can just nail that, I'll be happy. Um, it's been a while since Mass Effect, and uh, I really haven't been able to get my my dirty <laughs> digital rocks off. Yeah, I've been, my digital. Ro- I'm getting digital blue balls here. What's going on? Um, trying to think of the last game that allowed any sort of like. Solid Mass Effect Andromeda wasn't very good, so I don't know what even the last one was. It was probably there, but it was disappointing. So, well, Assassin's Creed, can't you romance people in Assassin's Creed Odyssey? I yeah, it's can. very, it's very, um, PG, really funny, funny, and like super rudimentary, but it's like you can do it, you know? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, like the, there's no real way, like, there's all like there's an you'll get into a dialogue conversation with someone, and then eventually you'll get through all the necessity based conversation. And then they give you a list of things you can say, and one of them has a heart next to it. And no matter what, doesn't matter your skill or your charisma or anything. If you select that one, the person will automatically, like, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, yeah. approach it's you very, in that it's kind very of way. video gamey. Yeah, which to I almost kind of like, just because it's like, it's like I don't need to worry about all these complex things. Now, there are like interesting games like Fable that have like really obtuse goals that can kind of build those relationships. What I, which I also really like, mm-hmm. but I like that it's like. Hey, you can do this, but we're not gonna. You don't need to. It's not an entire other game, you know. Hmm. It's strange that Red Dead, with all the relationships and everything it does, does not allow any sort of romance. Because there are a couple people yeah. that I would like. I think. I think there's probably going to be a story thing, at like you know, chapter forty-five or whatever. Yeah. Once you get there, six hundred hours in, it's supposed to be a reason to... or something. But yeah. Well, there is that one girl. You probably haven't got these quests either, but there is this one girl that has you do. 
missions for her. She'll write you letters, and she's basically like, mm-hmm. he, Arthur has trouble getting over her, or they had some sort of weird relationship, and there's, I've already had two missions with her, so there's something going on there, and that's probably why. Yeah, okay. yeah, I think that's what's, what they're doing. I just think it's funny because, like, everyone at the camp talks about how she was bad for him, and, and it seems like he's trying to get over her, but they don't give you the option to get over it, her. Yeah. They're I, like, yeah. no, 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 no. This is going to be a recurring th- problem for him. So He's uh. even an asshole. Like this one, I was having this, this isn't really a spoiler spoiler, but I was having this party with my, this big event happened and I, we had a party the second time at my camp. And there's this one girl in the camp who I was just trying to get to know a little bit more. And she comes over and she's drunk and she's being real friendly. And, he, and Arthur's just a dick to her. He's like, ah, oh, you're drunk. You reek of alcohol. And then she's like, well, fuck you, Arthur. God damn it. And then like later on, I found her off by the side of the house, just vomiting her guts up. And um, just like, cause I was just kind of following people around the camp, yeah, yeah. seeing what they were doing, and it was just like, they're they don't allow any of that. There's no romance, which is interesting because in the past, Rockstar games have been sort of even in trouble for having romantic relations in their games, aka the hot coffee controversy. Yeah. So it's interesting. That's probably why they doubled down. Anyways, uh, let's get to some comments here for the sake of getting a nice smooth transition. Fish, was there anything you'd like to add to that conversation? I know we were kind of dominating it with sling our dicks mm-hmm. all over the place. And I don't want no. the no. micro okay. Nothing. All right. Uh that's that's fine here. Fish has already said his piece in the last podcast. Um that don't impress me much. All right, let's see. I think we'll see. Okay, so these are the comments, by the way. Every every thirty was. What did Josh say? He was swinging it around, but I couldn't see it. Well, it was on a quantum scale. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> volume displacement. Well, you need a thimble. Um, all right, so. Every Thursday, we'll ask the audience about uh, whatever the topic of the show is at Swordchomp on Instagram. And if you chime in, we might read your comment on the show, talk about it. Sebastic12 said, I think we'll see more attempts at single, no cut shot style experiences like God of War. It led to a more immersive experience, and I'm sure others will try to fit that in, in, into their narrative. So the question mm-hmm. was basically what games as of now are going to be influential or have been influential going forward? Um, which we'll see if maybe that grabs you a little more. I think the problem with God of War, unfortunately, is that the first beginning of that game, the no-cut shot thing was amazing, and then I just never noticed it, which could be a compliment to it, or maybe they just underused it, like, because you'd go... Th- but the beginning of that game, it was amazing. There was this huge fight scene, and, like, it was like... Uh, have you ever seen The Re- the Revenant? Um, yeah. It's like, it's, it was, like, sort yeah. of giving me that. I was like, oh, man, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then it just sort of kind of falls in the backseat. But cool. That entire game is in one shot. That is a cool that is a cool thing, I think, artistically. Yeah. Uh, and Bad Zach also mentioned mentioned God of War. Let's see here. Akuna Matata said, I feel we haven't seen Breath of the Wild's impact on gaming yet. Give it a few years and that style will be the new norm. Yeah. Which uh, I, I'm still will? not sure. Like I I as much as I enjoy it, I just I really think that's gonna be a hard thing to pull off. Like I don't, well, I don't know if it's going to be something that catches on because it is. I think that I think that the sequel that they've been staffing up for is much more um, has much more of a chance to do that um, hmm. because you, there's a lot of interesting ideas um, and a lot of content you can get out of that game, but it, it's not conventional almost in any sense. In the sense that there's no, there's like very rarely direct quests that you can discover. There's um, a lot of 
a vast amount of nothing happening, like a massive fields where there's just not any point in it being there. Not even for like immersion sake. Like there's a lot of open world games. There's a whole lot of like forests and stuff, um, but there's nothing really to do in them. But I didn't really get any. I didn't really. I'm gonna be honest. I I don't really see the hype behind that game. Um, just oh, uh, when, well, he's whenever, dropping dropping bombs here. Well, well, and again, I I have limited time with it. But whenever we, whenever y'all put out that that debate between Witcher Three and and Breath of the Wild, there is just categorically more to do in in Witcher Three. Like if 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 Witcher Three came out when I was like a freshman in high school, and I had sixty bucks for the year, basically, I would I would probably spend a good you know hundred two hundred hours in that game. Whereas yeah, when I yeah. when I had gotten into Breath of the Wild about fifteen hours in, I was like, I can't help but feel that if if this game isn't pulling me, it's because that there's nothing it's it's geared towards Nintendo like fans and gamers. And it has a lot of mechanics from other open world games that they're bringing in that are helping me get into it, but there's not really much of substance that I'm latching onto here. So I think that they they can take a lot from the reception of the first game which I think is woefully overrated and uh, really improve on it. Like, I think like if they did something as simple as, as like fix the, you know, the weapon degradation system, that would, that, that would have probably kept me in for a lot longer, you know? So it's a lot of those like third party sensibilities that Nintendo just hasn't adapted to yet or adopted that make me not really feel that game. And I don't really understand the hype behind it. I also think that whenever, whenever you, take that leap into such an ambitious open world, that's now the expectation of every Zelda game. You know? Like, it sucks that you can't direct... I think you could probably do it, but it would be a hard sell to go back to um, that type of style that they were at before. You know? I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of... I, I don't think that that game is probably a good barometer for where games are going as much as I love Hakuna Matata. Yeah, because it's 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 very distinct to what Zelda like. It's yeah, it's it feels like it's very distinct to what they wanted to do with Zelda. How would another how would other games incorporate that? I think is the tricky thing. Like yeah. the way it uses the entire world yeah. is like a puzzle, and you're using physics and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, I think stuff. the closest like, other open world games have come has been like the the uh, the Just Cause games with the whole let's 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 make a world where you have a interesting movement mechanic and kind of have a bunch of stuff based around that. But it still has the same old GTA style mm-hmm. missions and stuff. Like it doesn't really follow through on the whole thing. It just they they, they were kind of going for that. Um, that same. You sort know, of thing. I I will give him this. I will I will try to help him out a little bit. I will say that to his point, maybe more I, more games will push for the idea. One of the things that Breath of the Wild did that was interesting to open world counterintuitive to what open world games normally do is they sort of like erased all waypoints. And it was sort of the idea of you just had to find it. Could you see it? Mark it on your map. They mm-hmm. were leaving you alone, right? I think that more open world games, Red Dead even actually does it a little bit. Um, I think more open world games might push for that idea of telling the player nothing and just letting them go. And if that's yeah. the case, then he could be right. Yeah, and uh, I like, mm-hmm. I love the the addition of features like that in uh, Assassin, the last Assassin's Creed. They did a thing where you could at the start of the game you could decide if you wanted it in like quote unquote guided mode i think it was and exploration mode so mm. in the easier more streamlined one they gave you just a waypoint and they tell you where it is but if you want to be immersed a little bit more it does the similar thing in in the vein of breath of the wild where it's you like you could turn it off 
Yeah, it's like the 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 description for where you need to go changes. So it's much more like hmm. it's past um, the Mykonos Mountains to the oh. west, just south of this like really. See? You're already cave. seeing the influence there. It's yeah. already happening. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is a good point. That is a good point. The, yeah. the ambiguous nature of of direction, I think, is probably I, um, a big thing. So. Nowadays, I've noticed that we live in a from Dark Souls to Breath of the Wild to Red Dead a little bit, I, and yeah. I feel like we're living in an age where gamers like a little more ambiguity. Yeah, uh, well, or at least <laughs> some of them do. It's funny because I, we, we've seen this come and go. Whenever WoW originally came out, they'd give you a quest, tell you what you needed to go do, and you had to figure out all of it. They didn't tell you where anything was. They, they gave you quest text with a description, and that was it. And people disliked it so much that they made mods and stuff that basically had the Google search for how do I finish this quest and just put it right into the game. And over, mm-hmm. over the years, Blizzard eventually just put it in themselves. They're like, okay, we'll just, you get a quest and go to the green circle. And um, right. so it's, it's kind of, it's slowly moved that direction in one genre. And then others are like, no, we, we don't need all this stuff. Cause like, Blizzard completely moved in that direction. Ubisoft games were historically just maps full of icons, just stuff to go collect everywhere. And then somebody's like, maybe we don't need all this. And Uh, it kind of reminded people, oh, oh yeah, we can can figure out how to do this on our own. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I think it was definitely a much-needed reminder of... You know. It, It just takes that one moment where you find something on your own and you go... That felt good. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, it feels good if they don't tell me where everything is. You know? Now, some degree, it can be a little much. Like, I would have never found half the legendary fish in Red Dead if I hadn't found the guy with the legendary um, map that he gave me. And that guy, I would have probably never found him yeah. had I not looked on the internet. So there is yeah. always a fine well, line but, there. But, but also, it's not just open the map and there they are. Like, you have to look at another map like yes. with, with them put on there so it's it's like you're actually using i just got maps on top of maps that's yeah. what red dead is mm-hmm. one map on top of my other map and then yeah. i have my map which yeah. which i like i actually i really like that way of exploring stuff with you know like disparate you know views of the world um like you get treasure maps that are essentially like people have stood in a spot and kind of taken pictures <clears throat> of you know what's around them like sketch the important landmarks and stuff and you have to find stuff based off of that and that's yeah. that's really cool. That sort of exploration, I think, is something that not necessarily started with Breath of the Wild, but let let people know. Oh, yeah, this this can succeed. People aren't mm-hmm. completely against this. Did you guys play um, an older game? I think from the early late nineties, early two. I think it's early two thousands. Sid Meier's Pirates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I love. I, it's 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 rudimentary in in comparison to mm-hmm. how it's implemented now in games. But I really like that you would do quests until you got all four parts of the map that you needed mm-hmm. and then it was 100% landmark based so you yeah. had to you had to recognize just, it yeah you had to just eyeball it basically mm-hmm. um, well and fuck in on that note in sea of thieves you get a treasure map and you literally have to find the fucking treasure on the yeah. island there's yeah. a little x and yeah. you're like fish is that a tree are you yeah. n- there looks like there's a fucking rock over here <laughs> Sid Meier's pirates i played that game so much as a kid yeah, yeah. so they much just, they that was a good game on, they just put it on backwards compatibility on the Xbox, mm. and uh, I played it until the literal second to last. You know how the quests are like randomized, basically. Yeah. To to get to like the the final the final fight or whatever, 
uh, one I had fought, I had found and fought all pirates, all pirate captains except one, legendary pirate captains except one, and I had run into him earlier in the game, and any information I could get said that he had been holed up in this specific city, but literally like two years passed, and it said he was still there and he wasn't there. Mm. And I would go to the the sea town that he was the governor of, and it would say that he was out at sea. So I literally just couldn't finish the game, which really frustrated <laughs> just, like, me. Just glitched I'm out. On, oh, yeah, I'm just playing funny. on Xbox One X, and it's like this. I understand that you know it's pa- patching an individual yeah. game. Yeah, that really was like to do with the console, but yeah, that game is so great. I love that game. Are you on a One X right so now? Yeah, I think yeah, that was. I think that was oh, back. Okay. That was in the '90s, I think. Unless they re-released it for consoles after that, but like. I think they did. Yeah, I think it was a 98 game, if I remember yeah. correctly. I think it may have been older than that. I think I remember really? playing that before. I may be wrong, but I, I, I seem to recall playing even before that. I was thinking it was like 95. I'd have to look. But me, yeah, it's, let me look it up real quick. I think he's oh, looking right now. It says yeah. 2004. Really? Oh, initial release date, 1987. 87. All right, yeah. Yeah, wow. the Jesus. original PC version was what I played as a kid, and I, I, knew, it was, I knew I was playing it in the 90s. I didn't know exactly what year it came out, but... Jesus H. Fish. Speaking of which, uh, Fish, <laughs> I need a 30-second soundbite here, okay? I'm going to let... Mm-hmm. So, Zachary has just said Breath of the Wild was woefully overrated, and your response is... Um, you're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> did, did you at least get to, like, one of the Divine Beasts in that game, which is essentially, you know, their dungeons in that game? Just no, a bit I, differently. I got, I did that. The thing about open worlds for me is I rarely will just go straight through the story. So mm-hmm. I played right like about 15 hours. And I think where I quit was whenever I finally got to like this lighthouse um, at the top of this like hill. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and there was like some guy that was like holed up in there and like, he was like a keeper of something. And I had to go find a torch or something. And I was like, All right, Oh, the, the torch. <laughs> I can't thing, yeah. do this anymore. That- yeah, that yeah, I remember that. It's really the town. Cool. That's yeah. the thing, though. The I think the loot's really cool in that game. You know, it sucks that that it degrades so quickly, but the armor sets are really great. The towns are super. Um, they're not wet. Like it doesn't feel like a Western developed game, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like a really nice refresh. It kind of reminds me of the Tales games. Um, whenever I would be like navigating through the towns and like Tales of Vesperia and Tales of. Yeah. Oh, we don't talk about those games on the podcast. Acquired taste, for sure, for sure. Um, <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Uh, but, just... <clears throat> but yeah, the, the, uh, I, I, I love aspects about that game, but I feel like when comparing it to, to the Masterclass, it is, in general, Witcher 3, I agree that the combat's pretty whack. But... You, I, I like, Zachary had a, uh, that was a master move there. I made a vomiting sound, and he just calmly was like, oh, it's Acquired Taste, Acquired Taste, see acquired that? Taste. I 100% <laughs> understand why someone wouldn't like that game, because yeah. it's turn-based, it's the whole thing, it's not. No, I, I love those. Yeah, I just, yeah. Well, we don't talk about that right now. I was, I was yeah. just fucking with you. I, I played a couple of them <laughs> when I was a kid, though. So, um, uh. these are both connected. Corn uh, and Space said the Battle Royale style games, and Epidemic said, I don't think we've seen a truly influential game in the industry over the past five years. Yes, there have been a lot of trends, but nothing that um, sways the bar on a significant, significant end. And to which I replied to him, I was like, even the battle Royale genre. And he was like, no, no, I don't think so. So this is interesting because the reason I think the battle Royale genre is influential is because by definition, if you just look at what has been spawned, that is the, that is the new trend, you know, call of duty was the trendsetter. It is the biggest shooter in the market and they have copied the battle royale trend they are now reactionary to somebody else yeah. um and josh is making fun of me because i can't say genre 
What genre? What do they say? No, it's a voiced sh, not ch. You freaking idiot! I don't even know. No, um, the the uh, this is I never understood. I don't like battle royale games. I played Fortnite up to season two, and that's when I stopped. Um, and for me, the genre isn't particularly interesting, but the like when you think about it, I really I don't like that people are like hating on that genre as if it's as if it's not just a game mode. Like when you think about it, Goldeneye was a, really the first one that popularized the deathmatch genre mm-hmm. of, of multiplayer, and now every game has. And I don't think that any game is catching you know flack for doing that. I think it's just like if there is a trend in video games and there's a mode that you can attach to it, I think it makes economic sense to to and it makes sense in the long term of trying to give your game life. You know. Why? Why wouldn't you be doing something that is literally like the craze? Like I think Fortnite had like eight yeah. million concurrent players the other day. Like the that 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 mode of gameplay and multiplayer is just definitively the number one right now. So I I would have I would have been more surprised if Call of Duty hadn't copied. You know what I mean? I, mean, I think copy is probably a. But the fact that they had word. to, I think, says a lot about yeah. The it shows how true. influential yeah. it is. Yeah, it's like exactly. I agree. It's like how everything had a horde mode. For you know, ten years there. Yeah, every year's war game. Mm-hmm. So great, yeah, by the way. so even though we love you, Epidemic, but I mean, come on here. I mean, it's just it's yeah. it's. I don't like it either, but I do think it's influ- influential. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's gotta be. I influential. I whenever I think of that term, I think of just very simply what other games are implementing it. What what starts a trend, you know? And that's been the thing. Just like we talked about Breath of the Wild. Well, as we're seeing trickles of it, and maybe we'll see more down the road. Um, has there been anything else? Uh, as we kind of get to some comments here, we will see. Oh shit! I lost my train of thought. You just said something I really wanted to respond to. Um, oh, I was gonna say. I don't. I think the the way deathmatch was popularized on console shooters, I would always tend to lean more toward Halo. I always think of like yeah, it Gold did a great job five like, years later. Uh, well, but Goldeneye was more of like the. I always <laughs> think it was being more like the party game, as, as opposed to like the deathmatch. Show how many kills you got after That's a fair. thing. Yeah, you know. I, yeah, and I it's don't not know. like Maybe... you had a bunch of people sitting around on land parties or something as a group, making it a party or something with Halo. I don't know. I it... just, <laughs> I just think that it, it 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 was one of the one of the first games that like added the like you said kind of the party aspect to it, but it but added the couch like multiplayer yeah. like let's mess with each other kind of thing. Yeah, not, did they even call it deathmatch? Was it even called deathmatch? No, I don't think it was. But when but yeah. when you think about what what it's actually doing, it's literally just four people dropped into a map and they're trying to yeah. get those kills. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. it, um, yeah, that's tough. And I understand P- what you're saying though, because in the PC world, it was it had been going on forever. So uh, yeah. I, like in our console bubbles, though, I agree with you. Like it wasn't until later on when I was like, oh, PC gamers have been deathmatching it up for years. You know? Week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Long time. That's fair. Um. Let's see, Reverend Rock Roll said, Breath of the Wild in terms of traversal and open world construction, uh, The Witcher in terms of storytelling and making choices matter, um, which we kind of mm-hmm. talked about a little bit already. Uh, the Witcher was the first game I ever played where the side quests were more interesting than the main quest, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, objectively, but I have felt that way. Yeah. Let's see, Rene- Renegade Wright said, GTA Five for its ever expand. That's true, GTA Five has changed the online game quite a bit, but have we seen the influence yet? Open world online games. I don't know. I don't see any direct influence other than like. Yeah, not directly from the, there. 
it's the milestone and kind of the the poster boy of just like look at the longevity of how much effort they put into this online that has kept it in the top 10 sales charts for yeah. five years strong that's <laughs> insane you know, really. yeah insane. you know what it's now insane. you say that not so much from the gameplay itself but from look what you can continue to get out of a game yeah. i mean i think the success of that is kind of why we've seen sea of thieves con- like they they keep putting content out for that game They've been mm-hmm. supporting it a lot since release. Uh, I think they're hoping for something similar, just just from a business standpoint, more than yeah. than the design of it. Just more from you know the way the businesses are run. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that and definitely I, I see. I don't think Grand Theft Auto again was the genesis of this, but I think that it is the kind of like I said poster boy of yeah. developer engagement that yeah. has. You see a lot of games doing that kind of thing now. And in a, in a way, I feel like Fallout is going to go down that road as well, where in about two years, the amount of things and the amount of like off the wall, batshit crazy things that you're going to be able to do, we're not like, we're not in the vanilla experience. And yeah. that, that's the case with like Destiny and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I think they, they've definitely proved the model out. Because I, yeah. I think before this, this was kind of the, the domain of the MMORPG. Which you know, the subscription—it's got to have a subscription, otherwise people aren't gonna, you know, make any money from it. And I think GTA Five has really shown that you can just continue to sell new copies if the game's good enough that more people want to check it out. Yeah, yeah. I think the the I think logically here, uh, the longevity of that game sort of proves that there hasn't been influence because people still just play the same game. There isn't anything else that gives you the GTA feeling, so that's, that's why people just keep running to it. Whereas, like, I'll drop a bomb here because nobody mentioned it and it was very disappointing to me, as in our listeners. <laughs> Destiny 2, I think, has been one of the most influential. Destiny, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, 2? 2? Where, um, where are you going with Des- this? Because Destiny spawned the Division, Anthem, now EA's making that Anthem game. Like, the idea of these shooters where it's like a shared universe where you just have a hub and you go do quests yeah. with your friends and get loot. That, Destiny, Bungie left. And they started this whole new kind of thing. And now everyone wants mm-hmm. in on that Destiny money. So, I think Destiny... Did you see the Activision's earnings recently? They were, like, they were like disappointed with Destiny 2's performance, even though it's, like, performing really well still. I hate that. I hate that. That's my biggest thing in the world. I hate it when something's really successful and people say it's just... Not, no, you're right. You're right. This happened with, like... There was this other game that was like selling off the charts, and they were like, "Ah, oh, it sold eight instead of eleven million. I'm like, "Yeah, what the fuck, man!" Like, what was that game? Um, it was it Activ- it was an Activision game. Uh, Syndicate? No, 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 no. It was um, it was a lot like uh that Sony exclusive uh where you had like electrical powers or whatever, and you were the oh, new. Oh, Infamous! That game. Infamous! It was a lot like Infamous. I don't remember the name of it, but you. were... You were a very similar character. Ugh. Your name was like Alex Mercer or something like that. Yeah, I know. I'm completely blanking on the name of it too. I can't remember it was, the name of it. It was just the same as that. Yeah. Yeah. It it sold. It like sold at a. Um, it was like I think it it like made its money back and like considerably more, but they still shut it down because it is Is it an older game? Money. A lot older. Wasn't that prototype just a game? Couple years ago. Prototype. Prototype. That's prototype. it. Prototype. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but they shut down the developers of Prototype too because it wasn't successful enough, even though it was. That's a, insane. A categorical success. So. That's what happened with Kingdoms of Amalur, which was more of a financial issue where it was like you sold 2 million copies, but it couldn't make up for the fact that nobody knew how to run that company. You know? Yeah, and, yeah. 
the wasn't it wasn't it like a MLB player that that had like initially they had spoken to like someone in like Rhode Island. Yeah, yeah Kurt Schilling, Schilling had spoken yeah. to like literally the government in in uh, at Rhode Island and like commissioned like that this was supposed to add to the economy or something like that in mm. yeah by, to by jobs having the studio there yeah mm. they did everything they were supposed to they made a great game it sold two million copies but the fact that that wasn't enough just fucking they, i remember it it, yeah. i yet yeah, the problem is the expectation that's a whole different conversation for another day but the idea that something can be incredibly successful but not be successful enough is just that's sure. gotta be that's just insane to me like yeah. that's ugh. and oh, i think it was um I think it was THQ Nordic that recently bought the bought the property, but they don't have any rights to the game. Like, oh yeah, for um, for King, Kingdoms of Amalur. Um they, they don't have the rights they, to the original game. You mean? Well, they like they don't. They have to speak to. They have to get permission from EA, even though they're a third party to make the game. Even though they like. Like, so, like, they, they bought the um, IP, but not the yeah. They bought the IP, not, not the, the rights to copyright for the original or something. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I don't. I don't. There, you, there's an answer out there somewhere, but I don't know the exact details. But like, they bought it apparently, hopefully for cheap. You know what I'm saying? Because THQ is one of those weird. THQ Nordic is one of those weird developers that seems to snatch up a whole lot of middle tier games, and yeah, they, it yeah. seems like they have a whole lot stockpiled in their vault. And so, if they could manage to to get, get the green light to make something like that, that'd be sick. But I don't. I don't think that the player base was in ea's eyes enough to to um to warrant something because like, they they hmm. canceled like the mmo and everything like that sucks yeah. that, that's a great game i love that game that game reminds me a lot of fable mm-hmm. it, the second one would have been so much better it would have been so much better yeah uh danny p518 said influence i think has to do more demographic to hits rather than tech or gameplay Look at the reviews or reports of the Nemesis system in Shadow of Mordor. You read that it's new and unique, and we shouldn't be surprised if other games use it, but we never saw it through. Now, see, that's a good point, because people kept saying, people kept trying to shove that down our throats, like, oh, Shadow of Mordor has the Nemesis system, and it was incredible. It's going to be so influential, and it just wasn't, which was weird, right? So that was, like, something that people expected to be influential, and it just, nobody else for some reason. It's almost like Pokemon. Like, Pokemon has been a phenomenon since I was a kid. And yet, there's really no other big games where you catch monsters. Really, it's the only yeah. one. It's like because no, there's almost like sometimes people just don't want to jump into that space. It's it's strange, right? Like yeah. why everyone wants to jump into the the battle royale space, but there are certain genres and certain things that are maybe either too complex or too nuanced or whatever. That even if they're really good ideas, people are like, eh, let's you know, yeah. is it because it's easy? Is it because the battle royale thing is an easy thing to emulate? Probably, you know. Yeah, I think I think uh, Nintendo just they also have a from the get go had a pretty solid formula with uh, with Pokemon. I don't I don't think anyone would even dare try and compete with that in a console space because they know that thirty years later Pokemon games are still selling out the ass, you know. And it's too good. One, it, one it's Switch, too good. Think, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess and, I guess you know what that's an interesting thing. Like if if you do something so well people might not want to iterate on it because they're afraid like breath of the wild will it will see because people are taking elements of it but like the fort the battle royale phenomenon there's people call of duty looks at that and goes i don't care how big fortnite is i think we can do it better because people like our game so i think if there's a little bit of that yeah that's a good idea we can do it better i think you get that's where the iteration comes from yeah and and uh odyssey 
Odyssey is the first game since Shadow of Mordor that's used a variation of the Nemesis system. I didn't mm. know this going into the game, and oh, I discovered yeah. that there's an entire mercenary-based system of, like, randomized characters hmm. who are very similar in, like, tone as well. Like, they have, like, these kind of goofy names sometimes, and if you get your <laughs> bounty high enough, like, they'll hunt you down and stuff like that. Um, it is way less developed and way less fleshed out than Shadow yeah. of Mordor, but the, the mechanic itself is present. I don't know if I would want it to be there if I could make that choice, but, um, yeah, no, no one's really... I th- and I, th- I just think, did you guys play Shadow of Mortar? You did, right? I did, yeah. I put, I put about 15 hours into both of them. Okay. Um, I just, the, the eventual, like, Lord of the Rings, orcsy stuff just turned me off. But I, I love the Slander. Nemesis system. <laughs> I just, I don't Slander. know. I'm, I'm a Game of Thrones guy. What can I say? Um, but sure. the, uh, the system, the Nemesis system, I thought was amazing. I would, lo- I would love to see that in other things. Hmm. The idea of it, where like an orc would come and be like, I'm, you know, they have, they introduce themselves, and if they kill you, it changes like your relationship to them and like how hard they are to kill and what abilities they have. Like, yeah. that's a, that's a cool idea. Yeah, all the way to like aesthetic changes too. Like, if yeah, you, if yeah. you messed him up by like setting him on fire or something like that, he'd come back with like a burnt up face and stuff. Yeah, burnt, and then his name changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That stuff. Di- you know, cool. Diablo could do that, I think, really well because in Diablo, the way they used to do it was like, it would just be like a randomized name, like oh now this guy is Gungajiga the Burnbreaker. But it was mm-hmm. just like generally speaking, there wasn't that much to it. It was just like Diablo has a billion names and abilities and stuff. They'd randomize. God, this is gonna get really nuanced. I don't want to bog this down, but <laughs> I'll just say this: I think Diablo could implement a system like that in a really interesting way. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe in that mobile game. <laughs> <laughs> uh shram underscore ryan said red dead 2 and the richer need i need, need i say anything more for these breath of the wild gave us incredible freedom of choice spider-man made a serious case for fun open world superhero games um i agree with everything and mm-hmm. we'll see Spi- uh, spider-man but 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 batman i just played batman and that wasn't like way better than spider-man so i don't which, which one no it wasn't it, they were Arkham both Knight. really good but like yeah, Arkham Arkham Knight. You don't think Arkham Knight is better than Spider Man? Parts of it are. Like I feel like like the Riddler trophies and stuff like that. Like they've got more r- little bits of crap to find all over the world, and I feel like they did that better. It just felt like there was more to do. Yeah. But I feel like the actual world itself and how fun it was to get around was better in Spider Man. I think the the. Uh... The, the what you're kind of what you're saying with like Riddler trophies. I think that a lot of those like really unique small like touches that you're talking about mm-hmm. come from a, just a, a pool of much more interesting villains and a much more interesting tone than you know a dude dressed as a spider fighting a scorpion. I've played, I've played, I played like I played all the PS2, all the PS3 Spider Mans, all the the ones that I like. There's some pretty bad ones too. There's only so many times that I really want to swing around new york city as this character you know and mm-hmm. I, I i haven't played spider-man um but I, I saw it and i was like i don't doubt that it's amazing but i'm just not gonna mess with it i think arkham asylum is like the poster boy for really really fantastic uh superhero games i didn't finish arkham knight my my only legitimate problem with that game was the uh the driving and like the 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 like the the insistence on adding bosses that involved your car Mm-hmm. You know, like oh, I love that stuff, like the weird tank battles and stuff. That stuff was fun. I love it's that just, stuff. It, it, but it always bothered me, like from like a from like a 
story perspective. You're telling me that Batman has a tank full of rubber rounds to put down riots? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> the, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's in theory because mm-hmm. they, they make a point when yeah. he's fighting all those tanks that they're unmanned. Like, don't worry, they're unmanned. Mm-hmm. You can use explosives. And it's I always like, love that. Like, Batman doesn't kill when clearly he's killed in almost every <laughs> movie he's ever been in. <laughs> yeah. Or, honestly, it's, he it's, should kill Jeffrey. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. It's a shame you missed the end. The end of that game goes to some mind-fucking places, man. Well, I so I, I heard that depending on how much you do in the world and how much of a completionist you are, you get a more kind of interesting ending. Um, I've seen that ending. My buddy, uh, my buddy Trevor has... has played it too i I, i'm i'm much more interested in in sitting and watching superhero games personally Hmm. i don't i don't particularly enjoy playing them but i don't think they're bad or anything like that i just i played arkham asylum loved it to death i played arkham city and was was really frustrated with it and then i didn't even finish arkham knight but i think that's just my engagement with the superhero genre in general not really Mm-hmm. I generally, I generally feel that way. I don't see, and it just he gets a bad rap. Maybe that's why the Red Dead didn't bother me because Batman has got that close third person camera. He's kind of slow and bulky. You have to use all these weird buttons on the controller. I probably went from that to Red Dead. It seemed like a natural fit. But everyone loves Spider Man because he's so tiny. And he flies around the city. Wee wee. It's so effortless yeah. and fun. It's like all well, right. I, yeah. I get then it. they they made the combat much tighter. <laughs> like Spider Man, the combat is really hard compared to Batman, even though they're you know, essentially based on the similar. same model. Yeah. But in just... Batman, you can, like, grab parts of you. Well, Spider-Man had pretty... That was one cool thing about Spider-Man is you could, like, grab, like, so many things around you and just, like, sling them into people. And yeah. Destroy. I, yeah, yeah, I think they're, the, they're... The, big, the big difference between the two of them is just the amount of magnetism you have to enemies from Batman to Spider-Man drops so drastically that yeah. it makes you... It makes you have to be careful and thoughtful about what you're doing instead of, well, there's a guy 40 feet from me. I bet if I hit X, I'll do a jump kick and hit him in the jaw. Like, Which is the case in Batman. Yeah. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll tell you the bet. The one reason why Batman combat to me, other than a draw, is better. You, you get set in a combat scenario. And if when you win the scenario, you either get your health back or you die. And in Spider-Man, you still have to fucking use basically healing moves the whole time. Like, it's... It's what? it's just a, you get Batman's, out of combat and your health comes back. No, but um, when you're in combat, you in Batman, you you can't drop health potions and shit. Yeah. Oh, your health doesn't come back. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, I think in Batman the way it was is you're in a combat scenario and that's all you have to survive that scenario with, and with then you get the little score. certain amount of health. Yeah, and then your all your health comes back. Okay. And it's like a, it's like a little puzzle. It's Seats like are a little bit higher. They would throw you in a battle with like fifty guys, and they're like, "You have you have no health. You need to survive this, or you you can't cure yourself and weird shit like that." And then it was like a little puzzle unto itself, which I thought was really cool. Instead of like Spider Man, where I'm like, if I'm getting my ass kicked, I'm trying to like spam healing, and it's just like I don't know. Okay. I just I like that idea better. Plus, in Batman, you could just grab somebody's head and just fucking throw them into something. I don't know. Yeah, they're, it's it's it's. I think that again, I haven't played this. Spider-Man, so I don't know this, but I think that the biggest benefit, or the biggest thing that I like about Arkham Asylum's combat is that it's it's accessible, and it makes you feel like a badass. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's only until you crank up the difficulties to harder settings is that when you start to see a little bit more of a um, problem. Because that game isn't, the focus of Batman yeah. isn't, isn't combat. Like, it's not. It's really about exploring the lore, of, specifically of Asylum, of all, you can just the places that you can go that I've read about in comics for years and like the Easter eggs that you can discover and the exploration and the very castle, 
the very Castlevania, like backtracking once you get the tool that you need. Yeah. That's like the focus of Batman, much more detective-based stuff rather than combat. Yeah. Yeah, the combat, like you said, it makes you feel like Batman. Like, especially mm-hmm. in Arkham, like, you just, you're spinning around doing all your ninja moves and stuff mm-hmm. just dies around you. It it makes you feel like Batman. And I think where a lot of people didn't enjoy Spider-Man is it lets you feel like Spider-Man. You can get your ass handed to you fairly easily in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's just, it's, it's it, it allows you to feel like Spider-Man once you finally get the combat down and you're, you're actually dodging stuff at the last second and actually pulling off all this stuff instead of, you know, having it all be basically automated for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, maybe it's just because I was a kid that grew up with a little Batmobile yeah. toy, and I'm like, I never yeah. got sick no, of I pushing that the, button I do think and the seeing that missions. Batmobile rolled in there and just yeah. be like, oh, damn. Like, because <laughs> yeah. like, Batman can still glide around the city and traverse in a fun way, but like yeah. having a yeah, vehicle. Yeah, to make, to make the, uh, the traversal interesting in Batman, they had to let him move around the city like Spider-Man. I get it. No. <laughs> what is Spider-Man going to do in the next one? Spider-Man doesn't have a vehicle. doesn't have a cool, like, spider vehicle he can whip out. The me, Batmobile is me. the worst way to get around the city. It's fine oh. in the combat sections. I actually, I don't Why mind the combat the sections. Why am I the only person that likes the Batmobile? No, no, but no, driving in the Batmobile funny. is I'm, not good. I'm 100% flip side of that. Where, huh. like, driving through Gotham in my Batmobile is, like, everything I ever wanted in a Batmobile. Yeah, yeah, it's but great. The, but the, the actual fighting, fighting a thousand tanks... Is like the stupidest, most least Batman thing I've ever done. You yeah. know what I'm well, saying? no, I don't think it feels like Batman at all. Stupid. But I, I think wanna... I think the combat itself is actually all right. It just it doesn't feel yes. like Batman at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. but that the cool, derogatory there was that. there was puzzles you would do with the tank at the end of that game that were intricate. Mm-hmm. Were you like hanging the tank upside down in like a weird place and shooting at ceilings and like they would use the tank at the end of that game and some yeah. really clever like zelda-esque ways that i thought were cool but i get it like the last mission in that game i'm not kidding you it's like you go out there in the tank and there <laughs> and she's like the se- other tank <laughs> yeah, there's like <laughs> 70 tanks i'm not even kidding you i died like four times they're like there's like 70 tanks and the little helicopter thingies and i'm like yeah. if you hated the tank this is like your hell right now you're probably <laughs> in hell yeah, yeah um it's not batman uh, let's see. Anyway, Shram, I don't know how we got stuck. He all he did was say Spider-Man, and it launched me into this. Uh, Monster Hunter... Oh, <laughs> Doesn't take Fish much gonna, for us. Fish ran to the bathroom. He's gonna miss this. Monster Hunter World was the incredible Monster Hunter. Um, well, his phrasing is weird. Monster Hunter World was incredible. The Monster Hunter genre has been up significantly. The Monster Hunter genre... It gets its own genre? Come on, that's not fair. <laughs> I mean, it is. <laughs> it's... It's the monster hunting genre. Is there any other monster hunting games? I don't, I don't know. I mean, you can make an argument that Dark Souls is similar, I think. Yeah, they kind of, um, they took a lot of the combat and put it into something more, uh, like, smaller focus. Like, where mm-hmm. each, basically each tiny enemy can kill you instead of just the bosses, like in Souls. Right. Just to make, just to really, really laser focus on that combat. Um which I think has worked out really well for them. Yeah. I'm not familiar with too many other games that are, that are similar to Monster Hunter, so I, I don't think I have much yeah, to say on that I, other than... It, there isn't. And, and like, like, the online in that game is straight out of, like, 2001, so I don't really know really? if they really upped yeah, much sadly, in that game. Sadly, like, if, if that so. game was easy to connect with other people... Uh, well, it... Seriously, you have like, to go into, like, a... a mm, how would you explain it, Josh, in a way that... It feels an awful lot like... Uh, 
trying to play multiplayer on a Dreamcast. Yeah, trying try yeah, to connect tr- to your friends yeah. on Monster Hunter wo- World. It's uh, oh, yeah. Is it Which just is long a connection time? No, or is like it you queue very... for well, you, you like you <laughs> get in the hub fish. and you queue for missions and you have to have them queue oh, for the mission with you. It's just you have it's, to join it's their bizarre. world, but you can't. Yeah, it's, it's it's no. You eventually get used to it. Like, <laughs> once, <laughs> stop right no, there. No, you eventually you get used to it. It's never good. <laughs> and once you once you understand how it works, like you when you pick those missions out. And you choose, like, if you want to do a random party or if you want to do it with other people, like, eventually you'll realize in the in the menus, like, okay, I want a random party. I want to jump in with somebody else. Like, it'll tell you how many people are actually in that mission at that moment and whether or not you could jump in. It'll tell you if you will get the mission rewards yeah. and stuff like that as well. So eventually like you get you start to understand that it is a a bit obtuse and like i can understand like a lot of people not understanding it at first but that was something that like towards the end game that's what i was just jumping straight into was multiplayer with randoms because it it was easy fast you could get to the hunt a lot quicker and get to the monsters quicker with a group of people to help you take it down Mm -hmm. um and the thing is in that game they also scale those monsters up with a group so it takes you just as long to take it take down certain yeah. hunt monsters solo or with a group it was just whether or not you wanted that dynamic of having a group working together um and eventually like i liked working with other people even if they were just japanese you know and even when i was wasn't really you know speaking with them over the headset or whatever no. whatnot but um yeah it, it you eventually get used to that dynamic so, of monster hunter i just want to defend it because it's not all that bad it like is eventually bad. no it's not well, well let me ask this then. is there is there is there any mission specific reason that they choose that matchmaking method or is it literally just a a matchmaking method that they chose that just doesn't work very well like is there is there a specific purpose um, that they what? that they factor it in that way or why didn't well, they just do like a a, a standard matchmaking kind of method well, there, there's different missions and different stuff that you can matchmake into, and they're, like, different difficulties. Eventually, like, you're fighting, like, the higher-level hunt monsters in that game, um, and you in the story, you get to fight them once, but then you start getting those missions, and that's how you get to fight them again to get different pieces of the monster to yeah. actually craft the armor pieces. So eventually, yeah, you're going to be essentially farming for them with other people. Um, and that's, that's one of the quickest ways to kind of farm them out is just jump into somebody else's game that has so that mission. There's no drop in, drop out multiplayer is kind of what you're getting at, right? Is that it's mission specific that you can do co-op? Uh, no, you can actually, uh, eh, that's where it's well, a <laughs> that's bit dicey. Wa- that's a dicey way of phrasing it. It's not, yeah, cause you're dropping into someone who's doing oh. a similar thing. Okay. You you could if you wanted to roam around like a certain area, you could call okay. in your friend. Your friend will come in, and then you could both just hunt monsters that you don't have a mission for. So you gotcha. won't get as much rewards for killing the monsters. You still get you know pieces off of them, but you're not essentially you're not getting a higher yield out of it. You're getting it's more of just like exploring a certain area with a friend and hunting down the monsters together, which could be fun. But you essentially do that in those missions. So. I don't see why at higher level gameplay you don't do that. 
Okay. The only, the only, the main issue I had besides everything we talked about already was I, I got the game to play with fish and we would go to do the story together. And they have this weird thing where you can't play story missions with your friends unless you've hit the same exact boss point as them. So I'd have to start the mission by myself, travel along until I found the boss six or seven minutes later. Then I'd have to go leave the game or whatever, or you'd have to join. It was like this big complicated thing. We couldn't mm-hmm. just play the game together like every other game that's in existence now since fucking 2001. And I and there was no logical reason for it except they want you to see the boss alone first. And that's stupid. It's stupid. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. And like I wanted yeah. to play the game with fish. And it wouldn't let me. It wouldn't let me do it. It was infuriating. I, I think uh, in a later, like, a sequel to Worlds is they, they would probably fix that and allow players to play from the beginning together. I would like to see that. Like, that you think would so? Because be, it's yeah. been that way since 2000 when me and Josh played it on the fucking Wii and it hasn't changed. Why would I expect it would change now? <laughs> well, this is this is the first and, time they've got like a real big audience from the Western well, and audience. And what do the reviewers? Why do the reviewers get off giving this game a 9.7 when you can't even when the multiplayer is out of fucking Wii era? Like, cause that that gameplay is great. The no, grind it, is great. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I think that something that something that is lost on a lot of people. And certainly me at some points is that there's no consistent through line to what a 10 means it's different for every person yeah. it's different for every news source so like if you look at the rubric for, for ign versus destructoid there what constitutes a five out of five or a 10 out of 10 are very different things yeah so, mm-hmm. the secret too- is a 10 actually means nothing and that review yeah. scores are yeah. terrible yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's where we've given much. up on the numbers yeah, yeah for sure for sure people people yelling about how Games that haven't even come out yet deserve higher scores. Yeah, Games you would think suck. like a ten would universally be like, oh, everybody has to play this and everybody will have fun with it, but yeah. that's just not, not the case. Gay. Yeah, yeah. 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 It I means mean, that for some gets... people. Other times, it means it's the best in this genre that nobody likes. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> yeah. It could be. It could be doing exactly what it's trying to do perfectly, but what it's trying to do is not interesting or. Um, yeah, or accessible or to worthwhile of the market. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just doing what it what it was trying to do really well. Whether or not there's a market for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's tough because there's games. If you look at something like Red Dead, if I had to review that, on one hand, I would say yes, I think it's the technical achievement of the generation, and I think everyone should play it. On the other hand, it's got flaws. There's no way in hell I'd give that thing a ten. Are you kidding me? Like so, like I, I feel like it's impossible to review a game properly and explain. But everyone, like our good friend Rich, he does reviews for Destructoid, and he tells us that review scores are good for like the the casual parents and stuff that just don't know mm-hmm. anything about games and they want to go buy something for their kids. And that's why review scores will never go away. Um, but for people like us who are a little more discerning, there's really not a lot of value. Yeah, yeah, like it, back in. Back in, like, GameStop, uh, I, I don't know if they still do this, but, like, the thing that I would skip over the score and I would just read, like, their pros and cons list and see what this certain reviewer liked about the game and what they disliked. And, like, if they brought up some stuff that um, I don't like in video games, they were they were kind of, like, very general with that. And I kind of like that type of review where, like, they give their opinion about what this game did well and what the what it mm-hmm. was doing as far as like everything as far as setting and gameplay goes and then uh certain things that like turned them off whether it be yeah. like online capability or whatnot like did, 
I definitely appreciated more of those reviews than just as yeah. Score. You know, you know, um, you know, Colin Moriarty, uh, kind of funny fame. IGN, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, his call, like he does that YouTube channel, Colin's Last Stand, um, mm-hmm. where he 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 just does like a ten minute video essay on it, and then like the way he's described it on his podcast is that he just talks about it for ten minutes, and then he gives you everything you need to know, and then you need to go make the decision. Which I kind of like. I like that there's no there's no like end point of like this is the score I'm going to give it. It's just like, here's some things that I noticed. Here's some things that I liked. Here's some things that I didn't. Now you have a little bit of context. You can decide for yourself what you want to do, mm-hmm. which I, yeah. I like that. I like that kind of um, yes. model you, quite a bit more. I, one of the things I found this year that helped me a lot is like, I, cause I posted a lot of no man's sky videos, but I got sick of telling people that they should go play it because too many people were turned off by it. I don't want to, I don't want to have that blood on my hands. Right. So I would basically, people just started messaging me and being like, Hey, I, your enthusiasm in your videos made me want to pick it up, and I either enjoyed or I don't. I never told them to do anything. They just are like seeing things that I'm putting out there, and that's either piquing their interest or not. Same with, um, yeah, like Red Dead. Like I wouldn't. Uh, the yeah. information is right there. I'm not going to tell someone to to go buy it or not. But I would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are certain games that I think everyone should try. Now that means. That's that's dicey because how do you try something in an economical way? Well, if you can rent it or GameFly or maybe try it from a friend, I I don't have any problem telling somebody they should at least experience something. But I'm not going to tell someone to go spend their money on something anymore because it's too scary. It's too scary for me. I don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, well, that, that yeah, that and I think the biggest thing here that so many people have a hard time with is just being able to love a game that sucks. Or not even sucks, but just realizing you loving a game doesn't mean it's a perfect game, which mm-hmm. is right, such a right. hard concept for a lot of people. In- Monster Hunter. <coughs> but, Sorry, but, 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 but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I mean, was that? Morgan's been <laughs> loving Red Dead, but even he just said, like, it's not a perfect game. It's got problems. It's got, you know, systems in there that are yeah. just like hazy at best. I- and it's, it's that, that sort of... People, people need to realize that. Like, love your game and understand that you don't have to defend it to no end. Exactly. Like it has flaws. Yeah. 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 If I I believe in a ma- I've fallen into the macro um, criticism world now, where I believe that I can summarize all my issues with games into a macro form. So, like with Red Dead Redemption, if I had to form my two major criticisms, I would say the game actually has two prologues because it's a slow burn. It has a real prologue, and then the entire second chapter is a prologue. And then I would so yeah. it's a slow burn. Yeah, and then I still I don't think we've hit Act One. Like, yeah. and then I would say that the narrative dissonance thing, where the the narrative is just too on rail. I'm trying to find a good way to say that in one sentence, where the narrative is sort of at odds with the open world itself at times. Yeah. Those would be my my personal two major criticisms with the game, and and I'm I can live with that instead of just nitpicking little things. Sometimes when I get behind a rock, I don't get the cover I want, or something. I feel like you can spend hours nitpicking a game, but I believe. And macro, and that's what Horizon taught me, is mm-hmm. that the, my macro criticism, like, I know we disagree on this, Zach, but my macro criticism of that game was just that the story didn't do anything for me. And whenever I realized that, I was able to just go random. The side quests in that game also fall under that, let's just say. But, uh, yeah. but I like, believe why that Why am macro I not cri- enjoying this? Oh, it's because I'm not enjoying the story. It's kinda, yeah. It gives you the context for the rest of the complaints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and so I, I just believe in macro criticism. I think that's more helpful. With with Monster Hunter, it would be uh the combat is clunky and the online is out of two thousand and one. But I still think there was a lot there that I would have potentially loved if I could have just played it with my friend, you know? Mm-hmm, so yeah. 
it's certain things will be a bigger deal breaker. If I tell someone that the multiplayer in Monster Hunter reminded me of a game I played in 2001 and it irritated me, that might be very helpful to somebody. You know what I mean? Now, in Fish's case, he just jumps into games with randos. Yeah. Not that big of a deal, yeah. right? It feels like that's the focus. Like, from everything they've built around there, it feels like you're supposed to just hop in with randoms. Like It's like the idea of trying to play the game with a friend yeah. was not what they were designing for at all. It, yes. it doesn't seem like it, yeah. 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 Not allowing you to go through the story mode mm-hmm. co-op. Yeah. Is, isn't that strange? The what? game is works better with a random stranger than with your good friend. What in the <laughs> and fuck the whole is... draw to, the whole draw to multiplayer is that cohesive um, community-based experience. So it's like, why right. would I want to... I think, did you say you were playing with a whole bunch of people that didn't speak English? Yes, there's a... That sounds awful. Will... That doesn't sound fun well, at all. <laughs> well, you don't really need to speak with yeah, them, per se. Like, See they, a monster, kill a monster. Doing. There's no yes. lack of communication. It's <laughs> very primal in that 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 sense yeah you're you're all just hunting a certain monster you all should know how to fucking save your own ass against it my theory on that get get real sorry i interrupt you fish you can edit my gibbering out no fish is a good point it's my theory on that is just because it was a very inherently japanese phenomenon number in number one in japan people just carry their psps around them jump in with a random stranger on the train right that's true that's a good point and two in in Japan, they're 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 slower to get with the online system. They're they've never been as like fluid with their online games. Look at Nintendo. Like the Japanese games, is from an online perspective, always been a little bit behind. They're they're a little stuck in their ways, and I feel like they're like this is the way Monster Hunter's always been, and this is the way it's gonna be, and that can be a little frustrating. Yeah, yeah, I totally see right. that. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on for the sake of time here, I'm just gonna do two more because we these are great conversations, but for the sake of time, we're gonna have to cut these down. Um, Matt Matt D, I'm sorry, Matt D B G pulled a Morgan. He said anything by Kanye West, and then he laughed at his own joke. So, um, <laughs> but he he did say in all seriousness, Destiny, which I had mentioned that no one mm-hmm. had said Destiny, so I take it back. Somebody did mention Destiny, and we already talked about that. So, good on you, my friend. Um. Ryan Thomjohn said, it's weird, but PUBG is probably the most influential, but not the most successful, which is true. PUBG started the trend and then Fortnite spiraled it off, you know, which now PUBG is very successful. But I always I always think about that. If I had created something and it was very successful and the hardcore probably preferred my version of it, but I knew that somebody took my idea and made it a phenomenon, would I be upset in my heart of hearts? Yeah. You say that, and you still eat at Taco Bell. <laughs> well, I, I try not to. I really try not to. I don't. I, I didn't say I enjoyed. Well, she's going to eat a crunch. Is that pretty okay? Oh, dude, um, you guys are making me so hungry. Right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. After this podcast, I need to eat some. Food. I'm literally going to go to Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, there's a trick. You can put a different shell inside the cheesy gordita crunch. That's what you. Um, Influential, someone. Yeah, yeah. The, the cheese, how influential <laughs> the has the industry at large, the gordita industry, you know? How influential is that? I should put that on a poll next week. How influential <laughs> is the cheesy gordita crunch? Um, let's see. Kevbot had a good one. Will more and more open world games look like Breath of the Wild? I hope not. Not that it's not a great representation of open world genre. Um, Red Dead 2, Witcher 3, and GTA 5 take you to another world filled with life. Nintendo sounds like they're just playing the It's Post-Apocalyptic World card just to make their case for a relatively bland map. And I will say this. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I do... We talked about this earlier, so we already answered this kind of. Kevbot, that if they can take the idea of exploration without direction, 
but maybe fill that world with interesting things for for you. Yeah. Maybe then there are good things you can learn from that. I agree um, with that. Yeah. 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 Uh, by the way, a little side note. A little side note. I don't know if I don't know if Fish and Josh know this. Uh, Kev Bot has been one of my closest friends since like since we were hmm. like four or five. Whenever he came over to America, so shout, oh, out, to okay. my, shout out to my dude Kevin. Uh, <laughs> reading in friends comments hey, on the show. That's just like a weird like woo uh twilight zone thing um i don't can we change that reference to something else that's like weird why it's always the twilight zone and i've never even seen an episode of the twilight zone have but i'm seen, over... oh, have you seen night How? gallery have night you seen gallery. night gallery nope it's i think it's the same producers that made twilight zone but it happened in the 70s and 80s so it was much more um the kind of tone of it was it was in color and stuff like that mm. whereas twilight zone obviously was in black and white and then Black Mirror is probably the most modern. Black Mirror, yes. Yeah. I'm just going to start saying Black, Black Mirror, Mirror for now on. Black yeah. 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 The major issue with all these shows is that th- since each They're episode great. is its own complete premise, <laughs> yeah. quality dr- varies just wildly. Yeah. Wildly. Like some of the because episodes of The Twilight Zone are some of the best TV ever made. Yeah, and yeah. other ones you'd never want to put an enemy through. Um, yeah. Like yeah. it's just, it's not, it's not humane. And yeah, you get a lot of that with that type of yep stuff. So it's fun though because you never know what you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Black Mirror, of... sorry, go sorry, ahead. Man. No, you're fine. Uh, I was gonna say the 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 Twilight Zone movie scarred me because there's a there it's three separate kind of skit layouts, not skits, but you know like yeah. premises, three separate premises that are all loosely connected, and it takes yeah. some of the most iconic ones from the from the original show and and you know modernizes it into movie form, and there's like a there's a there's a, the opening scene is these two guys just like hanging out taking a road trip down across the country or something like that and one of them's Dan Aykroyd right hmm. is it Dan Aykroyd from from Ghostbusters or whatever and he's just is that Dan Aykroyd yeah he's in Ghostbusters yeah, yeah, okay yeah, yeah I can sure. confirm uh, he is in Ghostbusters that's all I can <laughs> and like they start joking about how like he can he can like he he promises he can scare the dude or whatever and they're in this dark car in the middle of this desert just driving and he's like yeah dude give me your give me your best face give me your best face and he like turns over into the corner, hides his face, and comes back up, and he's like, like this disturbing creature, and he just like straight up eats the dude on the side of the road. And that's where I was like, I don't think I want to watch any more Twilight Zone as a child. <laughs> Never again. Never again. Um, anyways, thank you everyone for the comments. They've been incredible. I wish I could read more of them, but for the sake of time, we have other couple quick things we need to move on, and we only have about uh, 20 minutes or so left of, of time, roughly, that I'd like to hit. Um, but fantastic, and maybe next week we'll be able to read something on the show. Good thoughts. That was a fun discussion. I really enjoyed that. Um, I think we learned a lot, and I can say the most influential, terrible thing in the industry has been the microtransactions because of Star Wars Battlefront, and that will change the industry for the best, probably. <laughs> I think our, I think somebody actually had commented on that. Let me give him credit, because he put the thought in my brain. Uh, it was Sham, Sham underscore Ryan. So, yeah, that's... Uh, Worth noting. All right, so polls to get to, fun topics, the quick hitters here. Boom, boom, boom. We can let's slide this one in first because we talked about it a little bit. There's I have some surprises here, some some poll results that I did not see coming. The uh, which is a nice segue for the first one, which was, is it the size matters or is it the motion of the pickle, as they say? Um, fish. Let's breathe a sigh of relief. Uh huh. Uh huh. 85% of our audience said it's the motion of the pickle. That's what I thought. I've, I've done countless field tests, and I can <laughs> confirm. 
field test. I love the description. Uh, <laughs> field test. Like it's, I like the idea that it's like an experiment every time he's like, in there yeah. like oh, I want to wear nothing but my science robe and these glasses. Yeah, a little lab coat. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> please rate your pleasure on a scale from a one to not horrible. Um, all right, so... That so yeah so that's uh I, I don't know why I put that in there. Josh sent me a picture of a tiny pickle, mm-hmm. so I decided to use that. <laughs> um, and yes, that is true. Ask um, <laughs> my my fiance, my wife. She's my wife now. She was like she laughed at. It. She's like, yeah, it's true, but I'm not happy about it. I, like, <laughs> <laughs> I think it 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 varies person to uh, person. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like for some people, it's about that, and some people it's not. You know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, my fiance told me straight up, she's like, a lot of the, if we're going to strictly talk about men, a lot of the guys I met that are a very well endowed don't feel like they have to try because of it. So, but if, I imagine that if you are very well endowed and you have great motion, then you are going to be an unstoppable sex machine. Um, unfortunately, I don't know what that feels like, but <laughs> I wish I could. Um, uh-huh. Let's see here. I did, we're going to lead up to the big one. Because this one is also kind of sexual. It's Yowza! I mean, <clears throat> the new Overwatch character, Ash. And the, the vote was, you could have two choices. One was, meh, not feeling her. Or, oh, the cosplay with a little eggplant emoji. Um, 83% came back, oh, the cosplay with the eggplant <laughs> emoji. So... <laughs> I mean, what can I say? People are, uh, they're speaking the truth. Now, Josh, you are the Overwatch aficionado here. Do you have any thoughts on Ash? You can leave the creeping to us, but do you have any mm-hmm. actual legitimate thoughts about the yeah, character? It, it, uh, it's about time we got a little more Commander Shepard in our life, so it's, it's nice. So. Was that the voice of her? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Right. Oh, yeah. So the voice actress for Commander Shepard from Mass Effect is the voice actress for Ash. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, this is too easy. Blizzard, honestly, it's a hot platinum blonde chick with dark makeup and a cow. Come on, like, literally all the... Uh, let, let's say I followed a bunch of hot blonde <laughs> Hypothetically, they were all immediately dressing up as her. I mean, they didn't even make it a challenge, so come on, mm-hmm. Blizzard, you're just playing to the They crowd. already had the outfit. And they- <laughs> I think, it's, I think, I think the, the most disturbing thing that's ever come out of wa- Overwatch is the, the amount of porn. <laughs> And just the amount it's of just every weird... character, every character has every their every character, yeah. Yeah. except the hamster. Nobody wants to fuck the hamster. Well, <laughs> <laughs> what was that time you put? Remember when you're in uh, apartment days fishing, somebody dared you to put that hamster in your ass after a uh, shots of tequila. Didn't Clay can do that? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fun okay. seeing how this story has evolved story. over the years. <laughs> Uh, we're uh, um, we're finally old that enough guy. that Richard Gere is off the hook for for the gerbil. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've given up on that was, one. Uh, I bet he was aching the next day, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, no, and also, fuck, God, where was I going to go with that? <laughs> God damn it. Uh, I thought I had something interesting. Oh, uh, I was going to say the Overwatch porn might be the best thing that's... Po- what was that? What was your favorite Overwatch porn fish? What's the girl that, who wears the Eskimo stuff? <laughs> are you talking There's about like May? May. May. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm like, come on. You got that May Overwatch porn. You can't go wrong. Um, although fish makes... I think fish would make a good Hanzo. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I think fish is a natural Hanzo. <laughs> 
without even trying. You know, I haven't seen a Hanzo in one of those, so. Uh, You wouldn't be searching the right terms. Hanzo Rule 34. No, no, not just, like, most of the Hanzo porn is gay. Yeah. Oh, jeez, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Yeah. people have been shipping him and McCree since the game was in beta, so. Mm. Since the game was, you know. They've been shipping them since before the game was shipping, am I right? Mm-hmm. But oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, Whatever floats your pickle. <laughs> uh, unless your pickle is... Well, never mind. Too heavy to float. <laughs> um, this one surprised me, actually, considering the conversation we had in the last show. I said, Arthur Morgan, is he a great protagonist or not a fan? 86% of our audience said that they thought he was a great protagonist. Which actually, I, I really like him as a character, um, but I was surprised it came back that way. Because um, he's kind of a dick at times. He's, he's a conflicted asshole, mm-hmm. but sort of a good-hearted, maybe he was more of an asshole in younger life, and he's sort of <clears throat> transformed into this sort of like fathery figure for the, the group, other than Dutch. Um, yeah. There's two funny things that made me think of Arthur Morgan in a nutshell that I think are good examples, and they're really short and comical. And the first one is... You've, there's a side quest in the game where you can find uh, uh, murdered corpses all over the place. Have mm-hmm. you seen any of those uh, yet, Zach? No, I haven't. Uh, they're one of the things that's just littered throughout the world. And okay. you find this littered corpse, and it's, its head is decapitated, and it's got a note inside of it. Like, the murderer left a clue in there for you, right? So he walks up to this, this decapitated head that's just bleeding all over the place, and it's got a big fucking note shoved in it, and he grabs the note and goes... I don't reckon this is here on accident. Mm. It's just like, it's this horrific scene. He's like, I don't think this is here by accident. Yeah, and he yeah. just starts mm-hmm. um, Like, he just, he doesn't seem rattled by much, which I, I think is interesting. Like, he's seen a lot of shit. Yeah. Uh, he's not super funny, but he's sort of like halfway between funny, um, which I think is interesting. Yeah, um, he's, uh, he seems to be, and I think, that, I think that the experience can vary depending on how you choose to play the character. Um, I think the way he was written is that, like you were saying, is that he's a conflicted asshole. And so, from what I played, any decisions I made, I pretty much alternated back and forth between right and wrong, just because I feel like that's how they wrote him initially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like kind of what we were talking about with Manhunt. I think that he's a interestingly complex character when you play him that way. I can't really speak to him if you play him all good or all evil. So. I play him good, and I, that's the way I've been enjoying him. I will say, again, I'm not going to try and convince anyone to keep playing the game, but there are some moments later, like I said, with that scene with John where he's like finally opening up to you a little bit about why he was the way he is and, and sort of becoming the character he is more in Red Dead Redemption without mm-hmm. spoilers. But as you learn more about their characters and how they interact with each other, uh, I do think that he's a good character, but the, at, it's only at fault when the game does what we talked about earlier with our macro criticism, which is when the game forces you to do things that you don't want to do. Like when I have to mm-hmm. go tell, take money from a nice old lady because her husband fucked up that, and he's an asshole, that's, that seems inconsistent with what 90% of the game is. So yeah. I think that still falls under the, some of the, the yeah. on-rails that, nature of that. That said... Mm-hmm. Those missions are still done better than most of it because he gives you a list of names, go get money from these people, and you can do it at your own pace whenever you want. Um, oh, I'm talking about the one that's in the story. There's one in the main story. Yeah, yeah, one of them's is one of them's couple... like in the, but like everyone after that, you just yeah, he gives yeah. you the names and you go find them. Um, yeah, 
which like it's it's funny because you have literally mm-hmm. the same type of thing, one being a yellow required required ish um story quest and then the other ones being side quests and seeing the way it plays out with one of them like you're saying with the um cutscenes and uh you know just required it has to play out this way type mechanics involved right it just it kind of it shows you all the faults with how it's trying to handle the stuff and then later on where it's just a side quest like it's not necessary after that first one it 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 works better like it just it works yeah. better um when they allow you to two, interact with the open world no you're right there's actually two and the second one was the one that actually really upset me but you're right and it's if you're gonna force me to do something it needs to be a little more in line with at least a neutral element of the character mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> yeah 100 but yeah, they, he's grown on me a lot. And for those that stick with it, I'm like in the fourth chapter, and yeah. you, you might not find a character with a more realistic sort of progression. Um, now, yeah. granted, if it you is play good. games for it, is <clears throat> the, the way the slow burn <clears throat> of his character development is good. It's just at the beginning, they kind of give you nothing to go off of, and like you don't know what sort of character he's supposed to be. And he also doesn't mm-hmm. feel like he's whoever you make him. He feels like he's supposed to have a character there somewhere. You just don't know what it is at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the Lenny mission was the mission. That's why I asked you if you got there, Zach. That if you're really close to that mission, that might be you should do that and then tap out of the game for good. Okay. Because there there's a mission where you go to a bar with your friend and you're really close to it. And I think that's where you get to see sort of a good-natured element to him. You just go to your far uh, go you go to a bar with your friend and you get drunk and it's all gameplay. And it's tr- it's charming, I think. So Okay. Yeah. If, if I try. if I convince you to stick through to that mission, and then you can toss it to the wolves. That's See, I, I, I did that mission, and um, that was the first mission where I found out that you get, like, little medals at the end of each of those missions. I don't know if you guys are aware of that, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't know why those get, are there. You get medals? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, as, yeah, as soon as you finish <laughs> yeah, a mission... Yeah, depending on how you, well you do the story missions... They're fucking weird. Like, yeah. There's certain things that you have to do. In that what? particular mission, in Lenny's mission, you could get away from the fucking lawmen. I did. And I got away with him. From him yeah. I didn't. I, I my drunken ass stumbled what? into a what? fence and fell back. Hey, don't ruin it. You're gonna ruin it. God damn it! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh no, because yeah, you have yeah, to control. You, yeah, 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 yeah. Fish had to sleep it off in the drunk tank instead of getting away. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, you get a bad it, rating there. Yeah, yeah. But if you like, if you actually hit all these different like things that you do, like some of the missions are pretty corny. Like you're supposed to go and grab the reverend within like two minutes or something like that yeah. to get like a silver medal. But yeah, they they actually base your performance and give you little side missions to do them. But it never inclined me to do it because it's more of like a cinematic feel. And however, I ended up doing it was how the way you take it. Yeah, yeah. 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 I like that better. Like I, it, I think that's only there for the achievements. As far as I can tell, I don't think there's any any reward in game. I think it's just for achievements. No, but it's a completionist type. Yeah, it's probably just for the cool element of like, hey. I didn't know you could even escape the police at that point. Right. Wow, right. that's weird, right? Mm, Maybe yeah. I'll go play that mission and I'll try and do it this way or something. Yeah. So. Which, cool. yeah. It's yeah. weird. It's real weird. That's all I'm going to say. It's real weird. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they allow you to replay the story mission again right away after you get that yeah. if you want to, uh, which is, uh, I, or the, I would not do that. Yeah, uh, I would not recommend doing one, that yeah. just for pacing yeah. reasons, but. But you can if you really want to get your gold medal. Psychopath, yeah. yeah. 
Well, yeah, the, the idea of getting a medal for playing a story a certain way, like that, seems like <laughs> yeah, the like exact opposite grade you on on how well you story. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind yeah. that it's there, but I'm just not going to mm-hmm. not going to touch it. Um, all right, so I think we're on the grand finale of the show here. Uh, we went through all the questions, and we'll see how everyone feels. Maybe more. It's he's. I don't know how many people are even that far into the game, so maybe they'll like him more or less as time goes on. We'll see. I would say he'll probably like him more because. Yeah. I can tell you right now, I'm pretty deep into the story. Um, yeah, he becomes right. more likable as you go. So. Yeah, yeah. And especially when, he's talk- when I talk to the fishing guru, which might be one of my favorite characters of the year, just because I'm a weird fishing nerd. There's this fishing guru guy, and he's like, he's like, wants you to be so impressed with him. He's like, hey, you want a picture and all this stuff? And Arthur's just like, I don't know who the, like, fuck, who the you are. fuck are you. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, show him. He, like, it, every, like, some of the things he says to him are just sort of like, all right, you make, I don't know. He's, yeah. he's, a, he's a weird cat. Oh, oh um, yeah. That yeah, I, I also I ran into another side character like that, but he's uh, you know, essentially a flapper, and so he's talking with this accent that Arthur Morgan doesn't understand at all, and it's it's a similar sort of a, yeah. <laughs> it's like he's saying all these uh, hoity-toity things from the city because he's out there trying to trying to make a buck, and it's yeah, it's just seeing them interact is really funny. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and well, wait till there's this. Yeah, there's there's some weird stuff, especially once you start to get to the big city in that game, and you're meeting like you're meeting more civilized folk. It was like kind of a, a startling thing. All right, last let's end the show with this. By the way, I want to say if you if you enjoy the show, you want to support our Patreon, Patreon.com/swordchomp. We get a lot of like secret videos. I've been getting up a lot of videos from this uh, podcast we recorded at my house. It's like a video of us all like little jokes and stuff from our recording, um, inside jokes, all sorts of weird, hilarious things that you can find in there. Uh, Zach is one of our biggest patron supporters, um, and uh, it's it's basically like a, a top secret VIP club, so to speak, for people that want to donate to us, but also kind of get really invested in the show. Um, and on that note, the big poll and the big controversy in gaming this week has been the Diablo mobile game. Um, now, I asked the audience, I said, Diablo mobile. Is it <laughs> the two choices I had? I was trying to be silly. But the two choices I had were, yes, I can loot and take a poop. Or, <laughs> or Blizzard is poop. Uh, and it came just poop, really. I wanted to just break it down to a really immature level yeah, here. that's fair. Uh, and it came back 51% that Blizzard is poop. Um, so the, the fans have turned against Blizzard in a rage here. Um, this is... Just fascinating. That's, how dare That's they make split. another mobile game after their last yeah. one was a phenomenal success that has made them unbelievable amounts of money? How dare money. they? So we're going to get a lot of interesting perspectives here because I think my perspective is a little different than Josh's. Josh is a... Uh, he's even talked about going to BlizzCon at some point. You could say he's a Blizzard enthusiast. And where Fish and Zach stand, I'm not 100% sure. But I think this is a great way to close the show with this controversy. Um, Zach, you're a guest of honor. Let's throw it to you first. As, as an outsider or a fan, how do you feel about this whole thing? Uh, it's a, it's a, there's a lot of gray area here, right? <clears throat> On one hand, you, like Josh, obviously, they made, they made a lot of money. It makes economic sense to do that, and there's probably a market for it. Um, I'm of the opinion that gamers are a fickle bunch, and they're often entitled. Um, I think that they don't, they don't own that IP. Blizzard can do whatever they want with it, and if they, if they have that much of a problem with it, just don't buy it. You know? Um, Mm-hmm. I will say this though: When are people going to realize that? Like, I think there's a place for games on phones, but like, just make a like why like 
gamers don't want to play on their phone. Like, real gamers don't want to play on their phone, majority speaking. Um, I understand that people seem to forget that they're, they're definitely making a Diablo game for consoles and PC. Yeah. Like it's, it's not like this is yeah, the Yeah, they've only said they had more being... than one other team. Obviously, yeah. one's working on Diablo 4. The other one's got to be working on something else entirely. And that's going to sell gangbusters, and this one probably will too. So it's yeah. kind of like there, there's no reason a gamer should have any sort of allegiance or loyalty to a developer. If a product is bad, it's bad. Um, and I think that if you really have that much of a problem with it, just don't buy it. You know, I don't. Mm-hmm. I I get annoyed with the amount of outcry, but at the same time, if I was a Diablo fan and I my roots were in PC, I'd be a little bit annoyed. Yeah. So. Yeah, like it's it's. I 100% get it. If you're not gonna play the game, that's cool. No one's making you play the game. Exactly. The response should be, eh, "I'm not gonna play that." Not yeah. die, Blizzard. How dare you it's announce a mobile yeah. game at our BlizzCon? Yeah. Like that. That's the response that I don't get. Yeah. Like I agree. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm, 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 I'm not really that interested in a phone Diablo game. Probably, like if I pick it up, it'll be just to try it. Like, like what the hell is this thing? Yeah. But not. Mm-hmm. That, that's where I'm at with it. Like, I want to try it out and see how it plays on the mobile game. And like, I haven't played a mobile game in months now, yeah. almost since the beginning of this year. So, um, and I've actually literally have been dying to actually play something else on my phone other than checking social media all the time. Um, so, <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, yeah, that, that, I can understand why those fans were upset. I mean, it's been five years now since Diablo 3, yeah. and they're dying for a new Diablo at this point. Um, I think enough time has passed that they should be getting that. Um, but all Blizzard probably should, they probably handled it a bit wrong. Yeah. The fact that they announce a Diablo game, but it wasn't what the game it wasn't Diablo Four. So like everybody they closed like, the show oh, with the it. Fuck? They closed yeah. the show with it, which is fucked up. But dangerous. Like, <laughs> if Blizzard had just like made like a small little trailer, something just like yeah. showing something from yeah. Diablo Four and announcing, yeah, hey, I, this I, is Diablo I think 4, just they would have the done logo better. up there, something stupid. Yeah. Like, yes, I yes. don't know. Like they they, they announced before the show. They announced before yeah. the show that they weren't well, showing Diablo 4, that yes. it wasn't ready to show. Yeah, so people right. should have known that going in, but... But that people, doesn't mean there wasn't a Diablo game, just not Diablo 4. Yeah, like, they, that, was, that was supposed to be known knowledge going into it, and I think people were still blindsided by it, so... Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be DLC, and I was wrong. I thought it was going to be, like, the follow to Reaper of Souls, like, one last DLC yeah, like, one thing. last character added into yeah. Diablo 3 or something. Um, well, and like Fish said, the tricky thing there. So here's the, here's the, the fucked up thing that I don't like is that the dude in the audience who was being an asshole and he stood up and he was asking about like, um, joke. yeah, as they both, that's just like, you're, tr- I just feel like that's kind of a rude, weird thing to do. Like, the, it's like, it's, yeah. it's not just that. Very rude. He had to have that stupid idea, stand there waiting for a lot, for <laughs> the few people before him to ask their questions. Like having all this time to think about what an yeah. asshole he's being. And still uh-huh. get up there and say it. Like, he's, he's given this time to cool off while waiting in line. Never, yeah. never and, comes and, to that conclusion on his own. And what sucks is he got his fame. He got his yeah. internet fame. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then people agree with him. And it's like, there are people that have probably spent a lot of time working on this game that are just trying to support themselves or they're trying to yeah. build a portfolio. Or, like, they're just honest developers. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, 
and he's just he comes up here and just like totally tells them that their their work isn't valid because it's not on the platform he prefers you know it's like yeah it's just arrogant that's honestly what it is like i I'd, i've never i've never really played um i played diablo 3 a little bit um i'm not a fan of the top-down style but i it's it's a great franchise i have friends that love it and i'm excited to see what they do with diablo 4 at some point i'd like to jump in but mm-hmm. a, phone, I, a phone game is yeah. not going to do it for me Yep. I, I play my I play my Vita. I play my uh, I play my Vita. I keep my Vita on me at all times whenever whenever I want to play on the go or something. <laughs> Still like that. clinging to that Vita, Dude, like it's a not true dead. soldier. It's not dead. <laughs> you know, I as I can tell you, as someone who we it was like my game of the year that year, Diablo three was like a like a loot grinding, massive influential part of my life from just an addiction standpoint too. But mm-hmm. I. I this I think this would be a good learning experience for Blizzard because they're going to realize that if they throw a con like this, that they, no matter what you say beforehand, that you're not going to be able to end the show like that. And especially with yeah. these hardcore fans that spend hundreds of dollars, I think this will be good long term because either one, it's going to make BlizzCons a little better. I've never been that into BlizzCon because I've always thought them being pretty small announcement wise, but... I think that this will be good going forward because Blizzard's going to go, well, we know that we have to end the show with something more of a, like, remember when the Bethesda conference, they literally just had the words and the music for Elder Scrolls and people were crying. That game probably won't come out for like three or four years. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a long ways out. I think they, they did that because they knew that the reception for a game like 76 was tepid, I think. Yeah. yeah. They were like, don't worry. And I, Pete Hines, the, 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 uh, the PR guy at Bethesda had had been like, don't worry, like, we have a lot of really awesome stuff coming out after this. Yeah, and I do. I, I think Blizzard could have handled that better. Like like I mentioned, they said in, like, one of their developer blogs before BlizzCon, like, we're not ready to show Diablo 4. But still, they could have just put the words Diablo 4 up at the end of the thing. Just, like, yeah. we're, we are working on it, guys. Calm down. Yeah. Um, yeah, like the blow. they don't have anything to show, yeah. not one it, yeah. thing. Come on, like, I don't they... think they handled it well. It, but it's like it's, but the reaction to it has been like comically out level. of proportion. Not yeah. Well, yeah. But here's the thing: I believe that everything happens to proportion, even if it's disgusting. And this is why I don't I don't like it. But I think that a lot, I've heard other people make this point, and I'm, I'm not going to steal it from them. And I, and I, I want to give it credit as due because they've kind of churned this thought in my head, which is that Blizzard has created this community that's so hardcore that they're going to this conference once a year where they're dressing up and waiting in line and paying all this money. They've created such a rabid family fan base that when you disappoint them, even though it seems ridiculous to us because we're rational human beings, these are not rational human beings. They are irrational they they traveled to BlizzCon and spent hundreds of dollars to go dress up as you know whatever I don't I can't even think of a, the the I'm trying to think of a Diablo character off the top of my head and all I think of yeah. is weird black angel guy what's the his butcher. name the butcher yeah yeah they traveled all the way to to dress up as the butcher but my point is just that the reaction is because of this and I think Blizzard will probably learn a lesson that oh my god if you want people to be this em- emotionally invested in you you get the good that comes with it and then you get this so yeah. I think that it is proportion yeah. it's just I, it's not like they created that so much that happens around basically every game like uh, you, you act like the rabid fan base was something they were going for like I mean think about like we were already mentioning well, this before no, like yeah, whenever no. uh the Call of Duty that just came out that sucked. 
people were getting death threats about that not getting perfect tens. Like yeah. it's there are those types of fans everywhere, and it, I think it's kind of disingenuous to say, "Oh, Blizzard picked them in some way." No, no, but I think they always you want them. If you create a product, you want hardcore fans. I mean, that's part of the, you're always gonna have fringe people on the on the fringes of anything. But I'm just saying in general, anyone that creates a product would want someone who's really in, really invested in it. Um, that's just the other side of the coin. If you let those people down, yeah, and I think that <clears throat> I think that. From a business perspective, this has been in the pipeline for a while. So you, you there was, the, people thought this was a good idea. You know what I'm saying? Like people, apparently it's mm-hmm. a, it's a full, like a full console experience on your phone, mm-hmm. a full Diablo experience on your phone. So it, I don't know. I, I don't even know where I was going with that other than it. No, they've been ruminating on it for a while. It's been churning in the tanks. There are people in high places that said that, it is a yeah, good idea to close the They're looking at the, the actual product and, yes. yeah. and think it looks good 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 yeah so yeah there's validity to this so before we know anything about it, i don't even did they show gameplay of it uh yeah oh yeah yeah did they did okay yeah. i didn't even I, I i just watched the highlights of of the cringe the, but uh the cringe you go because like there's like one point where like the, the the guy on stage is like he's like no it's just uh it's not coming to pc and then everyone starts booing and he's like Y'all have phones, don't you? And it's like, oh, dude, just shut up. Just, <laughs> just, just shut yeah, up right poking now. the bear. <laughs> yeah, like you're I, making it worse for yourself. The, the but, most valid criticism of this entire situation, I think, is that, as from an analytical point of view, is that Blizzard management right now is a little out of touch. There were people yeah. that thought closing the show with a Diablo phone game was mm-hmm. a exciting idea then that, I think, says something about the people that are making those decisions. Yeah, yeah, I think it's the biggest... It's almost the biggest, Oh, God. Yeah, the biggest thing you can say <laughs> is that it's just it's a huge marketing mistake. <laughs> but other than that, like, eh. Like, I, think that, I think that it might also have to do something with the fact that Blizzard uh, is, is a world-renowned studio, you know? Um, that it's easy to start thinking you can do no wrong um, because you have all these IP with such massive diehard fan yeah. bases but once you <laughs> once you deviate from the norm uh it's insane how fast people you get too cocky you. yeah that yeah, happens to me sometimes you. like if i'm having like a really good love making session and every position's <laughs> going well and then i i try to flip her upside down and she's like no this just isn't working but i was cocky and i was just like this i'm nailing everything i, I can do no wrong like can it's sometimes you're right you get a little cocky yeah. you try something thinking it's going to be great it backfires in your face. can you imagine the outrage if our fans found out that fish didn't have a micro penis, can you imagine the backlash? The world that... would be on fire. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think that I think that a, a prime example of this is is um, Don Matrick. Is it Don Matrick? At whenever they rolled out the original Xbox One, you know, they had a vision mm. that they yeah, had been yeah. in the pipeline for years, and in a in a few ways it was ahead of its time. But at the end of the day, no one wants to. Like a console is meant for gaming. Yeah, he, oh, yeah. Goes, that was when they were like, he comes out and announces yeah, the new yeah. Roku. You're like, what TV, the fuck, TV, dude? TV, sports, TV. Like, <laughs> it's no just it, like, and they lost all of the all of the goodwill that they had gained from mm-hmm. what a success the 360 was after its first in, you know initial iteration of that console. But mm-hmm. the they, they that's the thing though that, to keep in mind is if history tells us anything is that they can bounce back. You know, Xbox yeah. One they've lost. They've lost this, but the only reason they don't have any exclusives right now is because they're gearing up and they're about to throw down for this next generation. You know what I'm saying? Like this, I think that I think that they're they're uh, positioning some, themselves really well, and I think that Blizzard can do the same exact thing. Where like 
people are going to be mad that Blizzard, uh, that Diablo Immortal is a thing, and then probably in the next few months we'll know something about Diablo Four, and then people will be all yeah. about it. It'll again. be fine. Yeah. It always, it yeah. always blows well, that, over. It's yeah. Also, it's Ever there's really. not really anything to lose from the announcement, considering Diablo Three is still out. There are still tons of people playing it. It's still being supported, mm-hmm. and people aren't putting money into it. Like it's like it's not got yeah. Like, there's no money to lose from having an announcement that doesn't go over that well. Like, whereas mm-hmm. yeah. some of their other games, all of a sudden, loot boxes completely drop off, subscriptions tank. <clears> there <throat> are there are much harder ways to uh, to learn that lesson than yeah. than from Diablo. I, I I will say this: someone that grew up with Blizzard games, the thing that sucks for me now, other because I love Diablo, but that was like, God, how long ago was that? Two thousand what? When did like Diablo ten? Twelve. My daughter had just been born, so that must be six years ago. Oh, yeah. No, not quite 12, 10 yeah. years on. All right. I thought uh, it was, it was March not even. 23, 24. And, like, I just feel like I grew up in such a heyday of, of World of Warcraft blowing my mind. And it's like, I, it's been a long time. I know, and I know you loved Overwatch, and this is not a slam against that, but it's been a while since, like, Blizzard has just blown me away in the way that they used to. And I feel like this is sort of like the accumulation of that for a lot of their hardcore fans and i'm not one of those people that's going to sit around and make a big deal about it i'm just saying that i always think yeah. of blizzard as big ambitious like rpg style games of some yeah. sort of strategy games well they, re- they really were so focused on pc to begin with and they they're not laser focused on this one type of thing anymore so yeah yeah vision's a little splintered i think yeah well mm-hmm. but granted they're making a whole lot more money for it yeah. So, but money, yeah. but nobody wants to hear the money. Like that makes sense for people like in the business, but like fans don't want to hear they're making money. Yeah. They don't how care. how dare yeah. they introduce new people to this game? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's 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 a uh, it's all about the fan rather than understanding that there is a there is an economic reality yeah. to the fact that hundreds of people will lose their jobs if this game doesn't sell, and they have to make certain yep. concessions that yeah that well, confirm well with, not just with that like losing one fan to get eight others totally worth it. Totally yeah. worth it from their yeah. perspective. Uh, it yeah. sucks to be the one fan, but yeah. Like, but if that one fan is the hardcore Battle.net guy on his PC at home, and the eight new fans are the guy playing it on his phone at at Burger King, yeah. then they they might see that as a loss. You know, they I'm might curious. see that. It, I'm I'm just saying objectively, they might. I don't know. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying mm-hmm. they probably look. Um, anyways, on that note, I would say that. Uh, We'll see. We'll see how it is. We're all going to try it. It's probably free, right? I assume they're going for the free to play model, although they haven't announced a price or anything. God, if I'm they make sure. People... I'm pretty I sure would, it'd be free. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I would be more inclined to buy it if it was a um, like a like a ten fifteen dollar game, and it was on console. No microtransaction. <laughs> no, like I, I, even if it was mobile, like I'm not opposed yeah. to paying that as long as they don't throw all these kinds of cheap business practices in my face. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like yeah. I've paid. Yeah. Up to twenty dollars for a phone game, just for something that's got yeah, it's like a full experience yeah. type of thing. Yeah, um, uh, Nice Old Republic was ten, and I bought that and yeah. played the I, hell out of it. Yeah, I think there is room for that sort of mid-tier, no microtransactions type game. Um, mm-hmm. Like a lot of people didn't like seeing that when Mario came out, but like I feel like there's room for it in the market. Um, yeah, I did too. Yeah, I think part of the reason they weren't super into that is because it was like a runner type game and we'd already seen those for free 
Mm-hmm. Like, not as good, just, but, but yeah, it was... But so. they, they put me in a bind here, though, because I watch so much Overwatch porn on my phone, it doesn't run well. And how am I supposed to play Diablo now? <laughs> how am I supposed to multitask? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, it's just... Yeah, all right. Uh, all right, well, that's uh, an inter- it was an interesting thing that happened, and it'll blow over eventually, I'm sure, when Diablo 4 is announced, and no one will even care. So, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, that's fascinating. That's, I mean, it's been a long-ass show. My wife just messaged me and said, where the hell are you? So I think that's a good as time as any to, to wrap mm-hmm. it up. Um, uh, it's been fun. Zachary, uh, thanks for joining us. Um, yeah. The Cosmic... The cosmic pop tart. Yeah, I call you. Yeah, and uh, a little little self selfish plug here. Um, me and my friend actually started a podcast. We are still in the throes of really learning how to <clears throat> edit and do everything. I think he, we're using Ableton right now um, in a mixer, and so yeah. uh, that's good. That'll be up at some point, um, and that's going to be under the Cosmic Podcast. So the Cosmic Podcast. There's a brand cool. happening here. There's a brand <laughs> All making right. here, guys. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like you're really leaving the pop tart out of this, and I, you know what 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 happened? I'm trying to grow up, you know. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to mature a little bit. I'm no longer. What if I was? What if I changed it to like toaster strudel or something like that? A little bit more refined. Yeah, yeah a little nuanced. They got rid of the cream cheese toaster strudels, so I can't get down with them. <laughs> the name the name is very much in flux because some someone. Well, that will remain nameless. Mentioned uh, a beautiful name called the, the penis colada calf. Oh, so we'll see. We'll see if that might steal that <laughs> copyright. <laughs> copyright. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Um, sure. that's where fish vapes and gives you sex advice. Yes. Um, yeah. first episode. He just sits there cross-legged and he's <laughs> oh. just like, well, <laughs> let me tell you. Dating in 2018 with a micro. I don't always please women, one. but when I do, <laughs> he's sitting there vaping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right it's been fun thanks for checking out the show um and again you can find him uh, you're at the cosmic pop tart on instagram and of course the cosmic podcast will be hopefully soon you get it out the better now you got some free publicity yeah. there so exactly. uh thanks for joining us uh thanks again josh here from michigan fish from texas as well of course i'm here from montana and we will see you next week 